Blog Talk Radio. Thank you. 
Ah, say amen, amen. Well, what do y'all think about that? Is he a way maker? <laughs> Promise keeper, she said. Love that song, love that song. Talking about the Most High. Talking about Yah of Israel. How he truly is a way maker, sending his son, the one and only Yeshua or Yahweh or Emmanuel. Or you can just call him Waymaker. Because <laughs> it was his sacrifice. It was his sacrifice after offering up himself. Most High tells his son when he comes into heaven, tells the angels, worship him. <laughs> and again, he will be to me a son. Sit here on my right hand, scripture says, until I make your enemies your footstool. Then the scripture says the son will then become subdued under the father. Yahweh shall or Yeshua will become subdued under the Father. Yes, 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 he is a way maker. Listen, I want to thank every single one of you for tuning in to another episode of Blog Talk Radio. This is the Five Smooth Stone Network. I'm Brother Seth. I never take it lightly. Anybody that take away from their precious time on this planet to listen to these blogs uh, because uh, only a certain type of person is going to be interested in this blog tonight. Those with ears to hear because everybody is not interested in leaving America. No matter how bad it gets, some people just not interested. So, yes, yes, yes. A very important song we plan tonight here, Waymaker, Waymaker, because we're going to need the Father to do just that, make a way for us. And it's only going to take a certain kind of person to believe what you're going to hear tonight. You know, because many of us is in love with America. And no matter what they do to us, we ain't going nowhere because we're in love with America. And it's a shame, but that's just the way it is. So I just, again, want to thank you for tuning in. And especially those that have been tuning in since 2011. Um, may the most high bless you for your a labor of love and supporting this show. I really, really appreciate you. I mean that. And especially, one more time, the Douglas Kennedy family, my biological family line that's in 16 different states to tune in here and there. So I really appreciate it. Okay, folks, listen. What do we have tonight? Tonight we have a show that is going to be controversial in nature. It don't mean to be. We're not trying to be. It just is. Anytime you're talking about leaving America, people are going to think you're interested in joining a cult. It's really strange how that happens. Anytime you're talking about leaving America uh, uh, out of all the places, you know, you can move to France. Oh, so-and-so moved to France or London. It's not a problem. Oh, so-and-so, you moved to Paris. It's not a problem. But if you're talking about leaving America because of oppression, and if it's a lot of you, all of a sudden you're going to a cult. All of a sudden, some kind of way, it's a part of a cult. We got to quit that stinking thinking. So um, tonight we're going to be talking about that. But before I get into House Bill or House Resolution, rather, 1242, 
Uh, I want to just do a few more things uh, promotional-wise. I just want to remind everybody to go ahead and text your friends at this time. Let them know that this show is on. I sent a link to many of you, hundreds of you, if not thousands. I know it's over nearly a thousand. Go ahead and send that link to, to other friends and let them know we're on, and we're going to be talking about just just exploring the idea of leaving the uh, leaving this country, uh, uh, and because it is an option. It is an option. We are free-minded adults, uh, believers, servants of the Most High. Uh, And if you're not a servant of the Most High, maybe you will by the end of this show. uh, uh, Choose to follow the path of the Most High and keep His his word, keep His commandments, and follow the spirit, the Ruach, day by day. But I'm sure this show is going to mainly draw those of you with the kind of mind to think think along these lines. But folks, listen. Y'all bear with me. I'm doing my three or four things here at one time. But I just want to remind everybody to send this link to, to, to different friends and family. That's the first thing I want to say. Second thing I wanted to say, and I think I'm going to play that Waymaker again, but this time the instrumental version. We got the instrumental version of Waymaker as well as the uh, song itself. But listen, go ahead and... Um, Forward that link to friends and family. Really, uh, I'm very serious because the show we're gonna have a, a brother Yeshua is uh, Israel from uh, Cincinnati, Ohio. He's gonna be tuning in tonight. This brother is really sharp. I'm so glad to have him on. He and I went to Israel together, and he has a lot to say. I am amazed by the information, the knowledge that pours out of this brother. I mean, I, especially for 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 his age. Uh, not what I want to play. Well, let's stop that. Not what I want to play. But uh, so Yahshua uh, of Israel now is going to be joining us tonight, as well as Sister Eliana Batya. All of us have been to Israel. I guess that's the first time I've done a show where everybody's on the show have actually been to Israel. So we've actually seen, if you will, Canaan land. <laughs> yeah, but. Uh, Anyway, we've actually seen the the, the home uh, of our four parents, uh, those who that believe we are definitely people of the book, Israelites. So we've actually uh, been there, and actually each... Uh, Hold on one second, everybody. Okay. Hopefully everybody can still hear me. Hold on one second, folks. I don't know what happened here. Let's see. It's like you're looking through a telescope. You see where you're going to be. Growing, getting better. You're not the person they see. Can't be mad at the things you've been through. Because they built your love so. Now you're stronger than you've ever been. They can't stop.
we're back. I'm sorry about that. I don't know what happened, but somebody called me and actually bumped me off the entire line, so I apologize for that. But anyway, we're back, and uh, I'm just going to speed things right along, keep it, keep on going like it never happened. I want to say to Brother Yashu, uh, uh, if he is in the house, to go ahead and press 1. It's just the Eliana. Anybody that's going to be on the show tonight, go ahead and press 1. But from boys, I know these are the only two that's going to be on tonight. And like I was saying earlier, we had the opportunity to see Canaan. We had the opportunity opportunity to actually go to Israel. I've actually been there about nine times, and I know pretty much everybody, not not everybody, but I know a lot of people in uh, Demona, Israel, and other parts of Israel as well. I was able to hook up with some other camps. So we're going to be talking about that, but folks, tonight, I want to go ahead and read the show description where everybody will know exactly what is happening tonight, what tonight is about, and what it is not about. So tonight, uh, I sent this to many of you earlier via text or email, and uh, it goes something like this. Congress passed H.R. 1242, marking 400-year slavery in year 2019. One more time. Congress passed H.R. 1242, marking the 400-year 400 years of slavery in the year of 2019. That's next year. Tonight's topic, we're going to be talking about how many Bible scholars believe this marks the end of the European rule, it's the Gentiles, over the real Israelites worldwide. Um, and of course, that definitely includes African Americans. One more time. Many Bible scholars believe this marks the end of the European rule. Again, that's Gentiles. Over the real Israelites worldwide, which includes African Americans. So what does all this mean? And what does it mean to the now revealed true Jews, Israelites, scattered worldwide? Some ask... How do we know the 400 years spoken of in scriptures relates to today? While others ask, how do we know that the scriptures speaking of nations coming from the north sent by the Most High are the so-called Europeans today? Very good questions. And we're going to try our best with the, most of the, with the help of the Most High and His Ruach to answer those questions tonight on this program. So I just again want to uh, welcome everybody, and I'm going to go to the phone lines here shortly, but before I do, I want to make sure I've done everything. I oh, just want to remind everybody uh, that if um, you want to hear any of the shows uh, that we cover here on Five Smooth Songs, simply blog, simply um, Google Five Smooth Stone Blog Talk Radio. If you will just Google Five Smooth Stone Blog Talk Radio, you'll be able to get any of our previous shows and uh, uh, somebody just said they can't hear anything. I, let me just go ahead and go to the phone line and bring on Sister Eliana. I think she's going to help me out with this audio issue. Okay, Erico 209 233. Sister Eliana Batya, are you there, please? Yes, I'm here. Shalom. Okay, well, you can hear me just fine. Somebody was just saying they couldn't hear me. They may have meant earlier. But how are you doing, Sister? Go ahead and say hello to the people, please. Yes, I'm doing well. I am here and. Uh, I'm doing well. Good to be back on after a little bit of a break. Yes, yes, it's good to have you back. All right, yeah. So this topic tonight, though, is very exciting, 
And I'm really looking forward to being on with the panel to, you know, discuss some of the the pertinent issues that uh, are surrounding that uh, this um, bill that was uh, put out by the president. Yes, yes, and I tell you, it's 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 a little little deeper than than I thought, Sister Eliana. At first, I thought it was just a bill, just saying, "Oh, y'all been here four hundred years," but. I didn't know that Ghana had got involved with it and their president, and it had really touched his heart to the degree that he made this giant apology to African Americans as well as offering them access to the country uh, forever. Uh, and uh, we're talking about millions of African Americans he's he is inviting back home. They call it the return. Uh, okay, so uh, the year of the return, I, mean, I meant to say, the year of the return. And uh, we'll talk more about that a little later on. And then next week, if, if the father says the same, we're going to have our brother Kalo, and, and I'm trying to get this other brother, that are doing big things as it regards to Ghana and that particular country welcoming us back. Of course, I hear that it's not just Ghana. I hear that there's beliefs, there's people in the country are beliefs doing the same thing, and I hear from uh, uh, Brother Kalo that there's other there, there's other African countries doing similar things. So it's a really it's it's, it's a growing it's a, it's something, folks, that is not small. It's not just this HR twelve forty two. We're gonna talk about that bill tonight, uh, that resolution, but. Folks, it's not just the resolution. It's, it, it's a, it goes into a whole lot more. And Sister Eliana's going to read something a little later on, and y'all going to see just the scope of this. Uh, next year, it's going to be a lot of talk about the 400 years. And Sister um, I wanted to bounce something off you really quickly. Do you think with this all this talking of return, that this is going to upset a lot of our brothers and sisters, our so-called Caucasian brothers and sisters, not that we want to live for what they say and do. That's not where I'm going with this. But don't you think that they're already angry, some of those, those that are angry with us? Don't you think this is going to upset them even more to say when they start hearing that we are returning, that they'll be pushing even harder? We're going back to Africa. I mean, I can just see that. I can feel that. And then feeling like that's where we belong. Now that they went, so-and-so went, you know, um, uh, you know, they, they can then start saying, well, these people went back to Africa, and, they, they, and they're fine. Why don't y'all go? Why don't the rest of y'all go? Do you see that? Oh, yeah, definitely. I can see that, and you know, being a push. And and also, you know, maybe they want to help us get back with some a little bit of some chaos and violence, you know, to help push us along the way. But, uh that's possible. Yeah, I could see that. You know, and for I would say it's 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 tiered. And the reason why I say it's tiered because for the less informed among the um European community, the white community in America who are mostly, you know, I would say the the type that are Appalachian and a little bit um maybe deep southern, not as well educated but feeling their strength and might and just their um the complexion of their skin and their um the camaraderie of other uh people that look like them, they would be pushing for it. But for your higher up and more like elite uh types who know that we are a tremendous economic force, there might be a little bit of enticement for us to stay. Because they re- recognize that we are a multi-trillion-dollar economy, 
and they they are uh, prosperous and wealthy because of our presence. Even though we are oppressed in this particular society, we do generate a great deal of wealth for them. So yeah, this is tiered, and so you're gonna have we're gonna have a a few spectrums, and then of course you're gonna always have those that completely don't understand. And they're going to probably um, be coming from Sister a different Leon, let, let me do this. Let me cut you off just for a second because I, I called a brother early and he can't hear. So continue to talk, and I'm going to step away just for a second to call his brother, all right? Okay. All right, all right. So for those, so for those that um, are maybe coming from a religious standpoint and they've already signed on to believing that the Ashkenazi are the Jews or the Eastern Europeans are the Jews, they're going to be really confused. They're going to feel like it's the enemy. They're going to feel like, you know, they're not going to understand the move of, of the Most High in this matter concerning us as the nation of Israel. So I think we're going to see uh, a several different layers occurring um, in the countries of our diaspora, especially in the United States being one of the world's superpowers and having its uh, tentacles in many other nations. I believe for this nation in particular, it's going to cause quite a bit of upheaval um, in the ranks and the different echelons of that community. And uh, what we have to do as a people is stand firm and understand who we are, because also in our community, we're going to have those that don't believe and still don't, but all of these signs are lining up. And so once push comes to shove and they recognize that we need to, um, you know, that we are being systematically mobilized to leave this nation, it's going to it's going to change the dynamic. It's going to change the dynamic a lot. So this is an interesting time that we're living in, and we better put buckle up our seatbelts and get prepared for this because we're on a ride. Yes, yes, we are, and it's going to take a certain kind of person. Sister Eliana and I talked earlier, and um, there's a certain kind of people, family and friends, that this this show tonight is geared for. Those of you that think we're crazy and think, why would you leave America? We're kind of like pioneers. We know it's crazy. We know how it sounds. And I'm not a part of any cult. We're not a part of any cult. So see, Eliana and I don't worship together. Most of these callers that's going to be chiming in tonight, listening or participating uh, by listening or commenting and or commenting, we're not together. So we can't be a cult. We just we just understand the signs of the time, folks. We're really listening to the spirit. People say, well, this is our country. It should be. And I think it is to some degree, but do you want to win the argument and lose the battle? I mean, if these people, Trump didn't win by an accident. Everybody keep dogging out Trump, 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 Trump. Most people you see at, at Kroger's, I'm going to say half the people you see at Kroger's, half the people you see at the... Um, Wherever you go, just going down a freeway, you got to remember, one out of every car probably voted for Trump, and a one out of every ten cars is probably maybe not hardcore far far right, but they have the sympathetic to it for the far far right. Let me just say something really briefly before we get into HR twenty uh, HR forty two uh, HR twelve forty two. 
Folks, you got to understand a lot of our white brothers and sisters believe that God made them white. And a lot of us believe that. We believe that. We sing that. If God made white people white and he wanted them to stay white, really, when we marry them or date them, we're, we're destroying them, just like the white supremacists say. That's why I don't believe that God wants us white. I think God wants us whatever we turn out after we're loving and following his Ruach, after we live our best towards our neighbor, loving our neighbors, whatever, as the scriptures say, the greatest love is that a man will give his life for a stranger. Until we have those types of feelings toward each other, when we have those types of feelings towards each other, whatever color we comes out, that's what I believe the Father wants. I don't think we're supposed to be paying attention to what color we look like. But white people have made a recessive mutation of God white skin, and they have found theology in the scriptures, they think, to support that. And those people are brilliant in trying to destroy us. If God wants America white, they're right. They're doing exactly what they're supposed to be, what they're doing. And so since we don't want to talk about this, you church people, and you non-church people don't want to talk about it either, then white supremacy continues to grow. Very few shows like Five Smooth Stones out there that constantly deal with racism and these types of issues. So until we turn to Leviticus 13 and start seeing the origin of white skin and, and other places to fit or figure out, you know, this, until we put this on the table and go toe-to-toe with these white supremacists, they're going to feel like they have a need to live, Sister Eliana, and they are going to fight to the death for their survival. So either we got to show them that it's not right for you to preserve white skin, it was never God's plan, or we got to get ready for a fight. And right now, I'm going to tell you, since we ain't dealing with racism in these churches, we need to get ready for a fight. So if there's going to be a fight, guess what? There's going to be people's lives dying. I think a lot of people are misdiagnosing us in these hospitals. I think they're killing us in these hospitals. I'm sorry. I don't mean to scare anybody. Not everybody. Not everybody, not every white person is doing this. It's not true. But I think the system is planning to destroy us wherever they find us, on all levels of life, wherever there is people breathing with this mentality. They are paying, they are paying their dues in their own little way. Then you got people like Jared Taylor and a bunch of other very smart, intelligent creatures going around preaching that whites deserve the right to live. Of course we believe, Sister Eliana and friends and family, that our white brothers and sisters deserve the right to live. Of course we do. And I will go a step further and say I love them. I love something I sound like I don't, but I really do. I don't have no hatred for nobody on this planet. And I believe that the love that I have, they should have towards me, is going to annihilate them. It's not funny, but I'm just saying I believe that. So if love, this is the question for all the listeners tonight. If love and being colorblind, as Martin Luther King King Jr. said, annihilates you, wipe out white skin, because it's not you. It's really the skin. 
You still live as a soul. You just won't be white. But if love, Sister Eliana, wipes out a nation uh, or skin, again, you're not a nation based on your skin, but if love and being colorblind and loving your brothers and sisters and treating everybody equal, if this annihilates a skin color, blonde hair, blue eyes, as a millions of people, they'll still be around because as long as they're black skin, brown skin, we're going to have these pigmented people popping out, which is us. But if love acknowledges this, I have a question for every single one of you on this phone line. What preserves it? If love erases white skin, how can it be preserved? It's only two ways. Isolation, whites, people that happens to have white skin, go somewhere like Idaho and there is no blacks around, which is what they want, or they have to do something very evil to melanated people. And that is where we're at tonight. House Resolution 1242 is marking 400 years of slavery in the year of 2019. And uh, Sister Eliana, if you want to, you can read that little, uh, give everybody a, a, a clear definition of what that actually is. But folks, what we're submitting tonight is next year is going to be the end of, of uh, it's going to be 400 years. And we believe that the scripture supports that Israel will be in captivity to a nation from the north for guess how many years? 400 years. And we submit to you that we African Americans are one of the lost tribes of Israel. We are served, we are being ruled over by a nation that the Most High called from the north. It's in your Bible, Jeremiah 115. Remember all that ancient, all those ancient passages according to Deuteronomy 28. Verse 46, Moses said, these things that are upon Israel is going to repeat, going to repeat, going to repeat. When you see things in ancient time, just know they are to repeat. Moses was talking to folks that died two years. When he was on Mount Horeb talking to all those Israelites, telling them what will befall them, many of them died. Some of them died the next day. So when he said to them, you'll be placed in slave ships, they weren't placed in no slave ships. They died immediately. So he wasn't just talking to them. He was talking to their, their seed, their children's children's children. And he even says in Deuteronomy 28, verse 46, when he says, these blessings or curses are going to be upon you forever. It's your choice if you obey the blessings, if you disobey the curses. So when you see things that's going on, like Jeremiah one fifteen, the Father says, I will call all, I will call all, I will call all of the families of the north down to Jerusalem. They are gonna nobody's gonna escape them. George two goes into it a little deeper talking about how when God called his people first it, y'all just bear with me here, I've just gotta lay this out. In Joel two, the book of Joel, everybody knows Joel two for talking about what? When the Father poured out his spirit upon all flesh. And then we everybody says that Acts the, the giving of the Holy Spirit and the talking in tongues, all of that was a fulfillment of Joel too. And I think they're right. That was a fulfillment of it in terms of him pouring out his spirit. But everybody forget about it in Joel too. Also, he talks about a wicked nation that's going to come at that time. 
and he says something very strange. He talks about this nation, how there's like them is before the Garden of Eden. After them is like a wilderness. It's said that they would not break rank with each other. They would work together. It says it was going to come from the north. It says that they're going to gather captivity as the sand. It says that nobody will escape them. And it goes and says something even stranger than all that. Family and friends, it says, there has never been a people like this. What? What? Said there has never been a people like this. And then it goes on to say, there will never be another people like this for many generations. Well, we believe we are being ruled over by that people, he said, that will come many generations later. That's in your Bible, Joel 2. So what House Resolution 1242 does for us, we really don't need white people to tell us when captivity ends because we can read our own scriptures and we can hear our own rock, the Holy Spirit. But it's nice when you're government and you have the same timeline. Now, again, I don't know if we, I'm not confident, Sister Eliana may be confident to say it's definitely going to be August 2019. I believe when they tamper with the calendars and all this, there's always just give a little here, take a little, you know, but make no qualms about it. We're at the end of our oppression under this system. So I'm going to let her read more about H.R. 42, and then we're going to come back and, and talk about just how does it look, how do we feel, what do we think is going to happen after 2019, after the Father pulls his judgment back from this nation. Because I do think we as a nation, not individually, if you're obedient, if you're in your house, fear the Most High, don't believe these curses, it's going to come near your house if you are obedient. But you will cry and mourn for your nation because you are a part of a nation, African Americans. And so I want to talk about, after she reads this, what we feel it's going to look like after the Father is no longer um, uh, behind these people because I don't give white people the kind of power and strength and praise that they've done all these things to us on their own. That's white supremacy right there, and I refuse to give that to them. I think we've been operating under judgment. So, folks, this is what's... uh, uh, this is what's happening. Sister Eliana is going to go ahead and read this. Sister Eliana, why you do that? I'm just, I was stalling for a reason to see if anybody couldn't get into the show because Blog Talk has been charging people to listen to my show, which is a tragedy. So I do see one person saying they can't get in, so I'm going to call them. But go ahead, if you could, and just let everybody know a little bit more about House Bill 1242, if you don't mind. Okay, great. So um, let me go ahead, and I'm going to read that, and then I'm going to do a little back comment uh, afterwards. Okay, so for that House bill, it says, um, uh-oh, it's on, and you can find it on congress.gov, uh, which is a web, a government website, and it says, shown here, public law number 115-102, and the date is January 8, 2018. It reads, this measure has not been amended since it was passed by the House on May 1st, 2017. The summary of that version is repeated here. 
So it says 400 years of African-American history, Commission Act, and it's Section 3. This bill establishes the 400 years of African-American history. I'm sorry, just one moment. The 400 years of African-American history uh, commission to develop and carry out activities throughout the United States to commemorate the 400th anniversary of the arrival of Africans in the English colonies at Point Comfort, Virginia in 1619. The commission must Number one, plan programs to acknowledge the impact that slavery and laws that enforced racial discrimination had on the United States. Number two, encourage civic, patriotic, historical, educational, artistic, religious, and economic organizations to organize and participate in anniversary activities and assist states, localities, and nonprofit organizations to further the commemoration and coordinate for the public scholarly research on the arrival of Africans in the United States contributions to this country. Section 5, the commission may provide, one, grants, to communities and nonprofit organizations for the development of programs. Two, grants to research the scholarly organizations to, to research, publish, or distribute information related to the arrival of Africans in the United States. And three, technical assistance to states, localities, and nonprofit organizations to further the commemoration. It goes on in Section 7 to say the commission must prepare a strategic, sorry, a strategic plan and submit a final report to Congress that contains a summary of its activities and according to its, of, of its received and expended funds and its recommendations. Section 8, the commission shall terminate on July 1st, 20. 20. Section 9, all expenditures of the commission shall be made solely from donated funds. So what that's saying in a nutshell is that they're giving money for, uh, if you have a nonprofit organization, they're giving you money to um, do research, to talk about, and to uh you know, to expose our history and to bring it forth. Um, they're going to give out grants for this to do research, to teach, to to learn about our contributions as African Americans. So it's a little step beyond Black History Month, and it's and it's to commemorate what we've done and to make it broadly known in a patriotic way that you know we came to these shores 400 years ago and that this is for us to be the, uh, you know, to show our community. Now, they make it seem like we arrived here as immigrants. 
which we didn't arrive as immigrants. We know we were brought here in slave ships, so that's, that's a little true. tricky. So, um, but anyway, they're trying to get us to celebrate um, the fact that we've been here and to, to rec- for the nation to recognize our presence in the in, in a, the United States or these English colonies since 1619. And um, the date they're saying is about August of 1619 is when we first hit the shores collectively as a people. So that's why uh, this is what this H.R. bill, but it also acknowledges that in 2019 will mark 400 years of our presence in these shores, which for us, we understand that by understanding the prophetic to Abraham that the Most High said your uh, descendants will be in a land mistreated, which we can all attest, and everyone knowing our history can attest that we have been severely mistreated in this land, and we have been so for 400 years. And that is the tragedy, um, uh, you know, of our legacy that we have been here 400 years, but it also lets everyone know that we are those biblical Hebrew people because no other nation has been brought captive anywhere in the world and been mistreated cruelly for all of their stay for 400 years as we have been. So this is how we understand the scriptures to be speaking of us as, a, as well as many of the other scriptures that outline conditions that we commonly see in our society and in our communities uh, in the inner cities with our educational situation, uh, with what's going on with our young men in jails. All of this is talked about in Deuteronomy um, chapter 28 in Leviticus 26 and in other places in the scripture that talk about what would happen to the Hebrews once they went into captivity. And we are the only people group anywhere that that fit every to the T, like, like someone handmade and tailored an outfit for our body shape, size, you know, everything. All of these things that were spoken of to happen have happened in our communities and are continuing to happen today. So the 2019 marking the 400 years means that, as the Father said, it would only be for 400 years. And 2019 brings us to the close or the the culmination of that 400 years, which means sometime thereafter the Father is going to start changing how he deals with us. He's also going to start changing how the nations are allowed to deal with us as a people, particularly this nation we live in, which is a great superpower, the United States of America. So right now they have the upper hand, but after our 400-year door closes, they will no longer have the upper hand the way they've had it. Now, they already know that there's going to become a change of the guard, and that's why when Brother Seth was talking about get ready for a war, they're preparing for war. They're preparing for war because in Joel, uh, at the end of the book of Joel, it talks about a great war. It talks about Michael standing up for his people, which is us, and fighting for us and fighting with us. So there is a war that's coming, and they are preparing for this war. 
And uh, it's not really about them being white and us being black. It's not really about that. What it's about is we are the Hebrew people, and we have we serve the Most High, and he has a plan for us to bring righteousness on the earth. And it's the fact that the whole world lies in the power of the wicked one, and the wicked one has had a rulership over the earth, and they've allowed it. But when we come into our rightful place, we will allow the Most High to reign. That is what the Messiah taught his disciples to pray, uh, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And that is what they are trying to um, prevent is the kingdom of the Most High Yah coming from the heavens being established on the earth. So I'm going to let you run with it, uh, Brother Seth. And, and you know what I believe, and I, and I thank you for that. I think that's what's happening in the spiritual realm. I think she's absolutely right. In the natural realm, as far as if you walk up to some of these gun-token Texans who are here by the thousands, if not millions, and um, I don't think it's millions, but it's thousands for sure, and, but they're all over the country. And I've been doing a lot of research on white supremacy. Yes, we're talking about H.R. 1242. We're going to get more into that. And by the way, let me go ahead and bring on my, my other guest. I looked for him earlier, and I didn't see him, but I want to go ahead and try that again. Kind of got busier making, making phone calls. Brother Yashu, if you can hear me, please forgive me because I'm, folks can't get in. I had to call some people and call, since Blog Talk is tripping with us again today. But Erico, uh, Brother Yashu, if, you, if you're in the house, go ahead and press 1. Please, if you don't mind, if you're in the house. But, folks, listen really quickly, really quickly. A lot of white brothers and sisters, they'll say one thing when you talk to them. And it's, and it's, it's one thing that they're saying, and it's one thing that's happening, like Sister Eliana was saying in the spiritual realm, what's really happening. I'm telling you, folks, all you have to do is look up a group called WAR, White Aryan resistance. Look up any white supremacist group. There's over 600 of them. And just listen what they say over and over and over and over and over. Listen to why there's going to be, or they say it's going to be this race war. Okay? The thing they talk about more than anything is they are going to be a minority. That's what they talk about all the time. That's their number one fear. I think 2045, somewhere around there, they're supposed to be a minority in this country, and they're saying, hell no, we're not going to sit back while that happens. That is the engine that drives the far right. That's what Steve Bannon was talking about. That's what, that's what Trump tooted all the way to the White House. Like Public Enemy said a long time ago, fear of a black planet. They are serious and not not trying to have no black United States. So that's what they are thinking they're fighting for. Now in the spiritual realm it's something completely different. It's Israelites. It's 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 a covenant that the father has made with a man named Abraham that he would his seed would he would not utterly cast his seed down even if they're disobedient. So a lot of you, you are very savvy in the scriptures, and you know that this nation is Israel. Many of you are struggling with that, but some of you know clear, crystal clear who we are. And it's not just us, because we're scattered out the four corners. Well, they, Satan knows it. Now, the white supremacists may not know, those little, you know, little rooty-poot ones, so to speak, those that are not in power, but those in power do think they know who we are. 
but the the regular gun toting, you know, here to protect America, those people, they are serious about taking the lives of African Americans or make it very difficult for them because of what I'm talking about right now. I know what I'm talking about. And so, folks, I think what we owe, from some, we don't owe them nothing. Yes, you do. They're your, they're your fellow human. You work for some of them. Everybody is not out here chewing tobacco that feels like that. There's a lot of people, uh, white collar, uh, that's, you know, worth millions and controlling a lot of our lives. They sign our paychecks. And you had better be armed with some truth to let them know under the influence of the Ruach if, if that opportunity presents that God, the Most High Yah, never, ever ordained white skin to be preserved. Well, probably initially, so they could be formed and ruled like he did with the albinos coming up from Africa and going into the European area and becoming a mighty nation. Yeah, I'm sure that was his will initially. When he formed this nation, he called this nation. We have to remember that, brothers and sisters. we got to form our lips to say that. He called this nation. He called Europeans to break down his people. How else can you break down a rebellious nation of Israelites. How else? What else could break them down? So tonight we're talking about House Resolution 1242. And next year, a lot of things are going to happen. It's going to be a lot of talk. A lot of organizations are going to be created from this commission to talk about this and to get deep into it. And, and trust me, we're going to be talking a whole lot about this very topic I'm talking about, white genetic survival. Because you heard Sister Eliana read the commission's goal, the, the goal, the, the purpose of the bill. And uh, you heard with your own ears, and I'll just go over it really briefly. But you heard her say, you heard her read that uh, the commission must plan programs to acknowledge the impact that slavery and laws that enforces racial discrimination had on the United States. That can bring it up in that, that conversation. The commission also must encourage civic, patriotic, historical education, artistic religion, and economic organization to organize and participate in the anniversary activities. So there's going to be a lot of encouraging these civic organizations to get involved. Let's talk. All types of incentives now while it did say all funds will be on a donation basis, with this commission being as big as it is, and in a minute we're going to talk about Ghana getting involved, folks, there's going to be millions, if not billions, donated to this very commission. Why should I tell you? Already there's been billions. Uh, the, the president of Ghana got involved, and if you want to know more about this, simply go to uh, any, go anywhere on the Internet. It's all over the Internet uh, at uh, the UN, the United Nations had this uh, very, I think I sent that to many of you, but had this uh, uh, had this uh, program where the president actually came in to the states and uh, I think it was, I'm pretty sure it was in the United States but everybody seemed like was there and he declared that uh, 2018 would be the year of the return. He encouraged African Americans to come home. Those are his words and he did uh pretty much apologized for their lack in the, in the uh, years ago when the slaves were taken. It was an apology. And uh, this is serious. It's huge. I think uh, Sheila Jackson Lee, 
I couldn't think of a name, but that's it. Sheila Jackson Lee was there, and a lot of other political people was there. But this is major. Not, but 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 here's more more important than the, even that meeting. What's more important than that meeting is brothers like Brother Kalo that would come on this show a couple of times now, who have taken this president to task and has went into Ghana and have have the the proof that he have a, a compound, you know, that he he himself uh, under this promise to African Americans coming back, where he has set up at this compound a studio, and he showed. I actually had, was given. Uh, a portfolio of videos and, and JPEGs where I could see the compound is really nice. I don't even like the word compound because it's more like a mansion, but it had everything in it, folks. I'm talking about marble floors, uh, uh, vegetation, and he's going to come on next week and talk more about what specifically he got out of this deal and, and how he's even able to offer help people that may have problems even getting there with their Airfare, Kalo is 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 in a position to help in some to some degree. That uh, he for sure will put any of you that wants to go to Ghana and just see what's going on to get a feel of this. Kalo has put his word out there, and I've, I've researched this guy. He's a man of his word. He is bringing people to Ghana to see what he is doing there, the project, and then there's other people in Ghana doing the exact same thing. So this is not just talk. People have actually went, uh, not just this year, but people have been going, and uh, then there's other countries that I, I hear are involved with with similar invitations to African Americans to come, come, come to our country. And I think, uh, I don't want to get the, 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 uh, the, the, there's another country in Africa, there's actually, I think, two more countries in Africa. I just can't think of their name. I didn't realize I was going to be getting this deep into this. But, folks, here's what we're trying to say. Next year is going to be the 400-year mark, according to our government, according to the research that the government of the United States have have done, as well as we have been saying it before they ever said it. We don't need them to tell us. So what does that mean? In the scriptures, and Brother Yahshua, again, if you're in the house, go ahead and press 1. Um, we'd like to bring you on as soon as possible. So if you're in the house, press 1 on your phone. And if it, if you can't get any success, just call me on my cell because we want to bring you on. Okay, there he is. Okay, Brother Yahshua's in the house. He's going to talk about this whole 400-year uh, uh, uh confusion because some people think well how do you know 400 years is for us that may have just been for the ancient Israelites wasn't they in Egypt 400 years and how do you know this 400 years is so brother Yahshua I'm going to bring him on and he's going to talk about that but folks listen listen this show tonight all I ask of every single one of you is that you just listen be prayerful and listen because America has made it very crystal clear. Why the white person that you're married to, some of you, or you may go to church with, some of you, or you may, you know, whatever your relationship is with them, they may be different. That's true. I understand. I know a lot of white people that it's just they have that character of Christ, okay, as far as I'm concerned. They're not the ones calling the shots, though. They're not the ones in the White House right now. And there's millions of whites that are arming themselves for the unknown, while there's thousands of whites 
that are causing havoc. They have already started to oppress us. Many of our children, I hate to say this, I hate to say it, but folks are missing. I don't know if y'all are aware of how many people are coming up missing. Folks, this is nothing to play with. I wish I could tell you I'm making this stuff up, but it's so true. People are coming up missing. Here's what the deal is. Brother Yashu, I'm coming to you. We just don't want to hear it. It's too negative, and so we don't search for it. But if you would take the time out to search for missing African Americans, uh, hangings today, uh, shootings today, Washington, I think the Washington, uh, there's three newspapers that keeps up with all police shootings that committed to it. I think the Washington Post is one of them. Go to the Washington Post that keep up, supposed to be keeping up with every single shooting of an African American, and just go and look at the archives and see. It's far more than what they have ever showed on the news. It will make you sick to your stomach. Let me tell you how bad it is. It was so bad once I began to take the blinders off and I wanted to know what's going on. I didn't want nobody lying to me and I began to dig, dig, dig. It depressed me so I shut down Five Smooth Stone Blog for a whole year. Many of you remember that year I disappeared. Well, that's what happened. It was overwhelming. It was just too much. It was unbelievable. If you saw that that I saw, you wouldn't be trivializing moving out of this country. Because truly, there's already a war. The sad thing about the war is we're not fighting back. We're ignorant. We don't. We, we we think, oh, they wouldn't do that. Oh, brother Seth, you exaggerate. It's far worse than what they're looking. I wish I could say something different. I'm, I I like to be optimistic, and so I think there's two conversations going on here. There are people that rec- recognize that the 400 year is prophetic, and they realize that the Father is. We have served here. And they have in their spirit to move for peace. That's one type of group. But there's another type of group that recognize that we're Israelites, and they believe that the 400 years is up. And they believe that a remnant is going to be spared, and they are going to return to Israel eventually. So whether you're going to Israel or whether you're going to another nation, Make no qualms about it. African Americans are going to be leaving this country. It may not be for you. That's okay. Just listen to the show, and that way, when you do have relatives that talk about it, entertain them. May not be you, but just remember the scripture does say, "Come out of her, my people, that you may not partake of her destruction." The Father is going to judge America. It has to be that the scriptures might be fulfilled. Let's go and go to the phone lines and bring on our second guest, uh, Brother Yashua, all the way in Cincinnati, Ohio. Uh, Erico 513-307. Brother Yashua, are you there, please? Hey, yeah, I'm here. Shalom. Can you hear me okay? Well, welcome to, welcome to the show, Brother. How are you doing tonight? Doing okay. Doing all right. Yep. How's everybody? Well, everybody is great. I think Sister Eliana may have to step away. I think she t- 
told me she might have to do several things. She's multitasking doing the show tonight. Well, brother, listen, I really thank you for being on the show as always. And I want you to talk a little bit about this 400 years because there is some confusion among some people, not most people. Most of us believe it's 400 years. But there are some people say, yeah, just because it's 400 years, that don't mean that that matches what the father told Abraham. And y'all can't just go taking what he told Abraham about Israel being 40 years. And just because we've been in bondage, you know, you just can't do that. They don't understand that we've done the research and it is 400 years. So, well, I would like for you to just kind of run with that for those that think that, please. And, and just for the record, but, uh, uh, go ahead before you do that and let everybody know who you are, a little bit about what y'all do over Israel now, if you don't mind. I'm moving a little too fast here. Go ahead and do that. Let everybody know, again, who you are. And this brother, again, we went to Israel together and um, had a, a blessed time in Israel. I'm sure we both would never forget that the rest of our life. But uh, we got to see the Canaan land. I had the opportunity to go a lot more, but he was he, he uh, was one of the persons that I brought to Israel. I took a lot of people to Israel between the year of 2001 and 2008. Uh, took over, seemed like maybe, I know at least about 40 people. So anyway, but yeah, I should let them know who you are, how to get a hold of you, what Israel now is, is about, and then if you could tackle that question. Is the 400 years spoken of it in the Bible, this 400 years, and how do you know? Go ahead, brother. Okay. Uh, well, basically, uh, my name is Joshua with uh, Israel Now Ministry in uh, Cincinnati, Ohio. Um, you know, we just say a bunch of brothers and sisters are trying to do our part and waking our people up, waking up the lost sheep of Israel and just teaching the truth throughout the, uh, you know, from coast to coast throughout the world. And, um so pretty much, you know, you can find us um, on Facebook. We have a Facebook page, Israel Now. Anyone in the Cincinnati area, uh, we have a congregation in uh, the Springdale area. You know, um, come on through. We're at 270 Northland Boulevard, 2 p.m. each and every Sabbath day. Um, but as far as dealing with the uh, the topic at hand, which you just asked me to speak on, um, I don't see it. And, quite and hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, brother. I hate to, I hate to cut you off. Uh, please, I gotta say this though. Those of you that, I'm sorry, I didn't. The chat room is now open. Just so y'all know, I forgot to t- uh, uh, turn it on. So it is on now for sure. Go right ahead. Okay. Um, so I don't see it uh, quite that simple. Um, while I will say that I don't believe that the 400 years the Almighty told Abraham was referring to Egypt. I do believe it's referring to America, but I will not say that it's going to happen in 2019 or anything like that. Um, because, you know, I, I recognize that that's Gregorian calendar and the almighty does not do his count by the Gregorian calendar. Uh, the same way we, when the almighty told us to keep the Passover on the 14th day of the first month, None of us that understand the scriptures keeps the Passover on January the 14th. So if we don't keep the Passover on January the 14th, then obviously we can't look at a Gregorian calendar date of 2019 and say this is the exact time that all of Israel is going to come out of this land, go home, go to the wilderness, whatever people may believe. Um, Some historical, just to leave scripture for a brief second, some historical references will tell you that the first slaves came to Jamestown, Virginia in 1619. Other historical representatives say they came long before that, in the 1500s. So um, 
Um, so we have to say did the Almighty start his count the minute the first slave stepped foot on these shores? Did he wait to a certain amount get here? Did he wait to, you know what I mean, uh, a vast majority of them get here and then say, that's going to be my 400 years? Um, we don't know. But either way, the 400 years would definitely have to be according to the Hebrew calendar and the way the Almighty instructed us throughout the scriptures to measure uh, days, times, years, months, according to uh, Genesis 1 and verse 14. The Almighty said, I put the lights in the sky, meaning the sun, moon, and stars. He said, use these for signs, seasons, days, and years. And you will have to know how to use those according to how the Israelites, our ancestors, used them. And if we're doing it any other way, then that's not the same 400 years that the Almighty mentioned. Uh, but I will say um, one of the reasons why I, I will say that it is talking about this country instead of um, Egypt is because when I look through the uh, major captivities of Israel, I haven't found um, a 400-year affliction. Um, can you do me a favor, uh, Seth? Um, can we read a couple of scriptures? you mind reading a couple for me? Uh, no, I don't mind at all, brother. All right. I I'm actually uh, didn't even make it to settle down yet. I'm actually driving still. But um, if you don't mind reading Genesis 15 and verse 13 for me. Uh, that's the main scripture, folks. Genesis 15 and 13. And all reading will be out of the King James Version Bible, everybody. Okay? And here we go. Genesis 15 and 13. My computer will move. Y'all hear me stalling there, don't you? Okay, let's see here. Okay, brother, here we go. And he said unto Abram, Know of a surety that thy, sh thy seed shall be a stranger in the land that is not theirs, and shall serve them, and they shall afflict them for 400 years. So now, that's the prophecy right there. The Almighty said that our people will be afflicted for 400 years. So again, when I look through our major captivities, I haven't found outside of this one when we were afflicted for 400 years, and then, can you read the next verse for me? Okay, hold on. I just typed in that one verse. I didn't realize you wanted to. So let's go back here, and I think I'm just going to type in Genesis 15. We'll bring up the whole chapter. And again, folks, thank you, everybody, for tuning in to Blog Talk Radio. This is Fire Smoothstone Network. We've got Brother Yahshua. In the house, as well as Sister Eliana, and we we're just talking about HR Resolution 1242. All right, verse 14 is going to say, And also that nation whom they serve, whom they shall serve, will I judge, and afterward shall they come out with great substance. Okay. So we, we have a couple of things. We have, number one, Israel is supposed to be afflicted for 400 years. And afterwards, after some point in time after that 400 years, the Almighty will judge the nation that they serve, and Israel will come out 
meaning come out of that land that they were uh, afflicted in with great substance. So at first glance, one would say, hey, this does sound like Egypt because our people were afflicted in Egypt. Our people came out of Egypt with great substance. But the key point is, were we afflicted for 400 years, according to the scriptures? Were we afflicted for 400 years? And so I want to find out, according to scriptures, how long was Israel afflicted in Egypt? So in order to do that, I'm going to run through a couple of things real quick. Um, Exodus chapter 12 and verse 40. You can read that one verse for me, Exodus 12 and 40. Okay, Exodus 12 and 40. Again, we come out of the King James Version Bible. Okay, and it says, Now the sojourning of the children of Israel who dwelt in Egypt was 430 years. So all that means is that our people dwelt in Egypt for 430 years. It didn't say they was afflicted for the whole 430 years. They dwelt in Egypt a total of 430 years. And then the prophecy says we shall be afflicted in this certain land for 400 years. So you know what that would mean? That would mean when the Israelites came to Egypt, they lived in peace for 30 years, and then after 30 years at the at that mark, they had to be afflicted for the whole 400 years after that. So we're going to prove according to the scripture that that didn't happen. All right? So uh, okay. Genesis chapter 37, verse 1 and 2. Let's go there. Genesis 37. Okay. All right. Uh, verse 1 and 2, you said, right? Yep. And everybody just know my computer is moving a little slow, y'all. Okay, Genesis 37 and 1. And Jacob dwelt in the land wherein his father was a stranger in the land of Canaan. These are the generations of Jacob. Joseph, being 17 years old, was feeding the flock with his brother, and the lad was the son of Belhah, and with the sons of Zippah, his father's wife. And Joseph brought unto his father their evil report. Is that 1 and 2? That's 1 and 2. Okay. Now, we know according to that that Joseph was how old? 17 years old. Now, what happened when Joseph was 17 years old? Let's drop down to verse 28. Okay, verse 28 says, Then there passed, then there passed by the Midianites merchantmen, and they drew and lifted up Joseph out of the pit, and sold Joseph to the Amalekites, Ishmaelites, excuse me, for 20 pieces of silver, and they brought Joseph into Egypt. So Joseph was 17 years old when he was taken into Egypt. His brothers, okay. the rest of the children of Israel, were not taken into Egypt yet. But he was first at how old? At 17 years old. Now, and again, as I go through the major captivity, captivities of Israel, we have Egyptian, Assyrian, which was a lot longer than the Assyrian captivity was longer than 400 years. Uh, we have, after that, we have Babylonian captivity, which was less than 400 years, like 70 years. Then we have the Medo-Persian captivity, all right, which was not even anywhere close to um, to 400 years. Then after that, we have Greek and Rome, which do not count. The reason why those don't count 
is because those were occupations where we were being ruled in our own land. And the prophecy that the Almighty gave Abraham was we're going to be in a land that is not ours. So we don't count what the Greeks did to us during the Maccabee period. We don't count what the Romans did to us during the, the scriptures when the uh, Messiah was living on earth. We can only count these major captivities where we were being afflicted outside of our land, which is Egyptian, um, Assyrian, Babylonian, Medo-Persian, and now where we are today, the revived Roman Empire. All right? So we know that Joseph was sold into Egypt at 17 years old. Now all we have to do is a numbers game. All right? So we want to find out when did Israel start to be afflicted. Can you punch this up on your computer for me? Uh, type in Jasher chapter 58. Just Jasher, J-A-S-H-E-R. Okay, you're going to the Apocrypha. Hold on one second, not a problem. Okay. Well, Jasher is not the Apocrypha, though. Okay. (laughs) It's not. I didn't realize that. Yeah, no, it's It's, not part of the Apocrypha. It's not in our Bible. I thought any hidden books was... uh... Okay, Jasher, what now? Uh, Chapter 58. Just type in 5-8 after it, and it should come right up. Jasher 58, I'm there. All right, let's just read verse 1. Okay. And it came to pass in the 32nd year of the Israelites going down to Egypt, that is, in the 70th year of the life of Joseph, in the year Pharaoh died, king of Egypt, and Magron, his son, reigned in his stead. And Pharaoh okay. commanded Joseph before... That's all we need is verse 1. Was that verse 1? That was verse 1. Okay. All right. So what do we get out of verse 1? that the children of Israel was in Egypt for how many years at this point? I think you said 30. 70, oh, 31, um, 32 years. Right. The children of Israel were in, were in Egypt for 32 years now at this point. And then Joseph was how old now? 70. He's going to say it in that same verse, in verse 1. 70 to all the 71. 71, yes. Right, 71. Okay, so now if Joseph went into Egypt at 17 years old, and now Joseph is 71 years old, and the, by the time he's 71 years old, his other brothers had been in Egypt for how long? For 32 years. So Israel were in Egypt now for 32 years. You know what that would mean? That would mean they should be being afflicted right now. Because if if our sojourning in Egypt, in, in Egypt was a total of 430 years. By the time we were in Egypt for 30 years, we had to start to be afflicted for the whole 400 years after that in order for the prophecy that the Almighty told Abraham to be correct. But we're going to see that the children of Israel at this time, being in Egypt for 32 years, were not afflicted yet. How do we know that? Drop down in the same chapter to verse um, verse 30. Drop down to verse 30. I mean, we can okay, read this 30. whole chapter. It's a lot in this chapter, but uh, I just want to get right to the point. Okay, and again, everybody, it's Jasher 58 we're reading here. And Joseph, the king of Egypt, and his brother and all the children of Israel dwelt securely in Egypt in those days, together with all the children of Joseph and his brother and his brethren, having no hindrance or evil accident in the land of Egypt was as that time at rest from war in the days of Joseph and his brethren. So we see that they were living at peace in Egypt during this time. And they have been in Egypt for 32 years already. So that would make, again, 
we're already less than 400 years. Even with that, we're at 398. All right? So if we can go back to another point, I want to bring out um, – I want to bring out when the children of Israel started to be afflicted. All right, so that's important. Okay, good so point. to do that, let's go to Genesis chapter 50. Because we see so far they've been in the land for 32 years, still haven't been afflicted. Joseph went there at 17. Now he's 71 years old. Israel has still have not been afflicted. So his brothers came into the land of Israel when Joseph was 39 years old. All right, so Joseph went when he was 17. By the time he was 39, his brothers came. How do I know that? Because it says he was 71 years old in verse in Joshua 58 and 1. He was 71, and his brothers had been in the land for 32 years. 71 minus 32 mean they came there at 39 when he was 39. All right, Genesis chapter 50 and verse okay. 26. Okay, Genesis 50, 26. That's the last verse. So Joseph died been 110 years old and they embalmed him and he was put in a coffin in Egypt okay so now we know that Joseph died at 110 years old all right now we need to go to Exodus chapter 1 and verse 1 because what is going to tell us but I want everybody to read it that the children of Israel did not start to be afflicted until after Joseph died it's going to say a new Pharaoh rose up that didn't know Joseph and after that, we became afflicted. And now all we got to do is do some math. All right, so uh, Exodus chapter 1, starting in verse 1. Okay. Now, these are the names of the children of Israel which came into Egypt. Every man in his household came with Jacob, Reuben, Simeon, Levi, Judah, Issachar, Zebulon, Benjamin, Dan, Naphtali, Gad, and Asher. And all the souls that came out of the loins of Jacob were 70 souls, for Jacob was in Egypt already. And Joseph died, and all his brethren, and all, the gener and all that generation. Verse 7. And the children of Israel were fruitful, and increased abundantly, and multiplied, and waxed exceedingly mighty, and the land was filled with them. Verse 8. Now there rose up a new king over Egypt who knew not Joseph. And he said unto his people, Behold, the people of children of Israel are more and mightier than we. Come on, let us deal wisely with them, lest they multiply. And it come to pass that when they falleth out any war, when there falleth out any war, they join also unto our enemies and fight against us. And so get thee up out of the land. Okay, uh, okay, just read. down to verse 11. That's all we need. Yep, just okay. down to verse 11. Verse 11. Therefore, they did set over them taskmasters to afflict them with their burdens and build for Pharaoh treasures, cities, uh, Pithom, and Ramses. Okay, good. And we might need verse 10, too. I think you skipped verse 10. Just verse 10. Okay, again, come on, let us deal wisely with them, lest they multiply. Oh, no, read that. And, Sorry about that. Okay. Yeah, you read that. I didn't, I didn't know you read. I don't have no scripture with me or anything. All right. So um, as we've seen in here that Israel was not afflicted until after Joseph died. And Joseph died at 110 years old. So what does that mean? That means if Israel, according to Joshua 58 and 1, came into the land when Joseph was 39 years old, 
and then they lived from the time he was 39 to 110 in peace without being afflicted, then how many years is that? That would be, um, what is that, 71 years. That's 71 years of we can show, according to Scripture, that Israel lived in Egypt in peace without any affliction on them for 71 years. So if they lived for a total of 430 years in Egypt and you minus that 71 years, that will bring you to the maximum amount that Israel would have been afflicted, even though that's not correct. But the maximum amount that you could get is 359 years. And, and that number is even not not the correct number. They was our people wasn't afflicted that long. But if you just using the the um the death of Joseph when the scripture clearly said Israel was not afflicted until after he died and he died at 110, right? And that means they lived 71 years in Egypt in peace. So that is the reason why we can say for certainty that the 400 year prophecy is not talking about Egypt. It's talking about the only captivity out of all the major captivities, as I mentioned earlier, that we've been out of our land. All right, the only major one that we've been out of our land and been afflicted for 400 years and then talking about to go back home after that um, is this one that we're living in now. Wow. So, um, Wow, oh, yeah, I have heard you. I have. We haven't did that in a long time. We had studies in the past years ago, folks, and I hadn't heard Brother Yahshua do that for a while. That was pretty good. That was pretty good. Remember, everybody, this is a, a taped show, so you can always go back and, and listen to the uh, in, in the in the archive. Sister Eliana, any comments or any um, add-ons to what the brother just shared, please? Anything? No, I thought that was excellent. Actually, when I was doing um, the Wisdom of Torah. Uh, when I was doing my own blog talk radio program several years ago, I actually went through a timeline very similar to this in my teachings to to prove that the the um, our ancestors were not afflicted in that first Egyptian kept uh, stay uh, for 400 years. So that was beautiful to have it to come out to the scripture like um, the way Brother Yeshua just did it for the listeners. Because yes, that is that was that was correct. Um, there wasn't, and even like he said, that 359 is still not qu- correct because it said there was some time a new pharaoh arose. So the scripture doesn't give us the time period from the death of Joseph to when this new pharaoh arose arose before the affliction began, and even the time period before the the pharaoh arose to when he began to notice the prosperity of the children of Israel in Goshen before he even announced um, that he was going to afflict them. So, uh, of course, this powerfully put that it's not the same time period. And, like, I would like to say, you know, when I teach people, I'm never saying that 2019 we're coming out, but it does mark a period, a distinct period that has been recognized that, that we had even not even realized that it pertained to us all of this later knowledge that the Father has been giving in the in the last several years and the great awakening of the Hebrew people lead me to believe that whatever whatever calendar we're in, whether it's the Hebrew calendar or the Gregorian, it really doesn't matter because the period of time is what really is important to the Father. Uh, he's not talking about in the, in the year of so-and-so, the calendar dates. He's, what he's talking about is that there is a period of 400 
years grouped together, which has been recognized that we have been in captivity uh, as slaves and afflicted, and afflicted from the moment we set foot. They were beating us on the ships, and they beat us, and they were afflicting us from the very moment the soles of our feet touched this land, and we have continued to be afflicted. And that period has been marked by our nation, which is a superpower, and one of the world's greatest nations on earth, like ancient Egypt, um, that we have been here as of their calendar, but the period of time is still 400 years that we have been in this nation and we have been systematically, systemically afflicted continually since the arrival of the Hebrew in this nation. Because other Hebrews came, but they were free. There were free Hebrews. But the ones that came in captivity were afflicted continually, systemically, you know, just as a matter of routine for this period of time. So that's the point that I, and I never tell people that we're coming out in 2019. It only just closes the door for what the Father, the next phase of what the Father is going to do. It, it, it marks the time that it has well, let me, let me been. Well, let me say this. Brother Yashu, uh, well, first of all, Sister Eliana, I kind of thought she was coming to pause. Were you down there? I, I'm, please forgive me. I'm just doing 15 things here, and I actually stepped away from the phone for a second there. But were you done? Oh, absolutely, yes. Yes. Okay. Brother Yashua, let's do this. Uh, because people are tuning in tonight because they've heard about this H.R. 1242. And many people are putting out there, and by the way, folks, if you have any questions or comments, just go ahead and press one of your phone lines. We'll entertain those questions or comments. Not a problem. I'm looking at the phone lines. It's probably a good time to press one now. Let me just say this to everybody, okay, because what I don't like is confusion. And I want everybody to be very clear. I don't come off as a know-it-all. I don't know everything. I don't know a, a, a millionth of nothing. <laughs> But I do have the Holy Spirit, and I agree with Brother Yeshua and Sister Eliana that we have been here, according to my research, 400 years in this country. Now, what I do, we're different people here, and we have different ways of presenting stuff. Sometimes we agree, most of the time we agree. And every once in a while, because we're individuals and we're different walks with the Father, and He's revealed to us different levels of information at different times, it's very natural and normal to disagree as long as we be loving and patient with one another. I think it's great, okay? This is what we do. I know this. This is what I believe. This House bill acknowledged by our government is very, very, very important. Because, for one, a lot of people are not going to believe us no way, no matter what we say, because, Seth, you just, you do blogs, you know, you're a nice guy, Sister Eliana, you have this, you do that, you're a nice sister, you know, they're not going to believe us. And so when you get to Congress with a unanimous, this vote was unanimous. I don't think there was not one nay. This was a unanimous, unanimous decision. And to have this commission, this 400 years, so they are in unison that it's been 400 years. Now, this commission 
it's very interesting. I was just reading over it again, and folks, I, I really, I really admire, I really acknowledge. If I can talk tonight, I admonish each of you to go to www.congress.gov and uh, just research this HR twelve forty two. Because there's a lot of little things here that a lot of people probably not paying attention to when they talk about the commission must. This is basically an opportunity to really tell our story, to tell this kind of information. There's going to be platforms where you can go in and talk about us being Hebrew Israelites. This is the time. They're really opening up the 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 the, school, the higher learnings I'm, I'm reading it right now civic organization patriotic organization historical uh, uh, education they're engaging them to get participate in this 400 year celebration by engaging in conversation this will be the excellent time to make it clear and i think what's going to happen is a lot of people is going to get voice through this commission and this is where this truth is going to be made even clearer. Brother Yahshua, let me just ask you a question. You just laid out how the 400 years that we saw in the Bible that most ministers and most churches have preached is was uh, was Joseph and his brethren, how most churches believe that they was in Egypt for 400. You just laid it out how that could not have happened, and this imp- that it's impossible, and that this is the 400 years. Am I right? Yes. Yep. Okay. Based well, upon just your to, just assessment, to clarify, just to clarify real quick, we were in there thirty years, but we wasn't afflicted for four hundred years, and that's okay. what the prophecy says. We will be afflicted for four hundred years, which we were not. Okay. Now let me ask you this: What do you see? You know, the Father gives us. He gave Sister Eliana. Has been sharing some things that I've been sharing some things. How do you see it unfolding? Okay, uh, uh, there's there's a lot of talk about leaving America. I was saying earlier, there's two conversations going on. There's two blogs really going on. One part of this blog is talking about people that's just leaving because of calamity, because we're not wanting here. It's very obvious. It should be our home. We pay taxes. We die. We, you know, serve in wars. We do our part, but it's really not a peaceful place for African America. Our lives can be taken any time, whether we obey the law or not. Uh, that's if you're not trusting in the most high and his protection, his ruach, and fought, you following his ruach. Because I think if you do that, no weapon formed against you is going to prosper. We have over uh, thousands of promises for those people that walk in that way. But I'm talking about those for some reason that don't. It's not truly a home for them. So how do you see uh, this remnant that the Father speak of, because uh, of, he talks about a remnant, come out of her, my people, that you may not partake of her destruction, talks about a remnant of Israel being salvaged. That's one conversation. Then there's another conversation of people who may not even be living right. They're just saying, I'm about, I'm about to get the heck up out of here because I recognize these people trying to kill us. And they're not, they're not necessarily going, I mean, it's all may be the same. It just may be that remnant. I don't know, but the, there are people leaving that don't have a fear of God. They have a fear of being of dying. They have a fear of getting a disease. They don't even believe. It. Some of them don't even believe in the Bible. I was just looking at Egyptology brothers. It's a lot of people that want to get up out of here, and it's not for the sake of the remnant that the scriptures speak of. Can you talk about how do you see that? Or let me make a question more clear for you. 
when do you, do you see a timeline like perhaps next year being 400? Um, what do you see happening in the next? Let's just say the next 10 years. What do you see happening? Um, I think that um, I don't see it, 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 the um, going home is in many uh, phases. Um, it is not like, you know, um, you know how some people are saying, okay, because uh, I know many people are saying and been saying for a few years now that 2019, that everybody's going home. I know people personally are actually preparing to go to Israel in 2019. Um, so what it is is many phases throughout uh, the years because it's different scriptures that talk about how Israel will be taken home in different ways. I don't think all Israel is going back to the land of Israel in the same way or at the same time. Um, We have some scriptures that talk about how the Gentiles are going to be the ones to take Israel back home. What actually happened ever since the 70s with some of our brothers and sisters in Ethiopia. We have scriptures that talk about the ultimate return home. That's big. You cannot... You're saying some very big things there. Let's just for a second, let me kind of do a little plug there. What the brother's talking about is when the Gentiles is, I don't like to say fake Jews because that's not nice, but those that say they are Jews, I think they're Jews by religion, but I don't think they're Jews by bloodline. They sent, I think it was six large planes, 767s, to airlift how many thousand, uh, Brother Yahshua? It was it was quite a few people from Ethiopia, and they right. brought them into the land. And um, the brother is saying that that could be one of the things. And it's funny you bring that up because I was just telling somebody the other day. I think on this show that the father it could get so rough for us. It could, the fire could be turned up so high for us. And hold that train of thought, Brother Yashua. I just want to jump in real quick. But it can get so heated up in America that CEOs of of some of the major airlines could say, you know what, African Americans, it's not right with what some of our people are doing to you. And we want to offer you the opportunity to go to anywhere you want to go. Round trip, it's on us. And this is good for the next 10 years. You just need to come to the airport and renew it because I know personally you can renew a full fare ticket. And they could do that if we start dying in a full-fledged war breakout and they're killing us every day. Blacks are getting shot just like the people were shot in Lewis, uh, Lewis, uh, Lewis in Kentucky. The gentleman just walks in and killed two African-Americans just shopping there. He was really trying to get into a church. But if that really escalates... I can see the father using some of these CEOs to do that. And to me, that is a miracle, I promise you, because you're talking about millions and millions of dollars. And you, if you could just move, but I know that the father about to have bigger muscles than that, but he oftentimes do, really do use men. So, Brother Yashua, that, that is, I think, a possibility. But go ahead. You were talking about how this looks to you. Yeah, and also um, I just wanted to say that, um, you know, all of the different trials and atrocities that we go through in this land, um, it is, of course, as I know that y'all know, it's supposed to be that way. But at the same time, it's like we have to go through these things because if we don't, 
then we totally missed the punishment that the Almighty sent us here for as a nation of people. He actually sent us here for a reason. He sent us here to be punished. So we can't come here, and most of the things that our people are fighting for here are fighting against the will of the Most High. They keep fighting for equal rights and different things like that. We're not going to be equal in this land. Um, We came here to not be equal. The Most High sent us here so we wouldn't be equal. He said he sent us here so we could be the tail and not the head. So we had to be the borrower and not the lender. So we might as well just stop fighting for equal rights. The nation of Israel will never be equal to any other nation upon the face of the earth. We're either going to be the head of them or we're going to be the tail. We'll never be equal to anyone. So once we realize that, we can actually just support our own people, be with our own, and do what we do and stop trying to be equal. Uh, but with that now, being said. Now, now, hold on a second. That's, that, that is prof- I got, I got, you know, I got to, you know, as a host, I got to, I got to say something. This phone line, I, I guarantee it ain't going to go up here in the next five seconds here. Possibly, but again, if I want to have any questions or comments for the brother, go ahead and press one. But brother, I sure you really did say something powerful, and I'm glad you said that because I don't think we're just supposed to sit back and take. The Bible talks about somebody called a good Samaritan and a bad Samaritan. Now, if let's just say somebody got shot, because because people gonna accuse you of just being just weak. Are scared, or you'll be called all those names if somebody heard the right person heard that. They say, "No, you got to get out there. We got to get guns. We got to fight back." You know, the Black Panthers would disagree with you. Every black organization I know would disagree with you. <laughs> but really and truly, what you said was profoundly true, because the Bible says, before Israel went through any of this, everybody, the scripture. This is your Bible. The Most High laid it out exactly what we was going to go through before we went through any of this. He said, you don't have to be this way. If you obey, blessings is going to come your way. But now if you disobey, let me tell you how it's going to be. And he described all of this. Now we in the nation. We're going right there. We're in the thick of things. We're disobedient. And we're trying to act like we're supposed to get the blessings when our nation seems like it's going further and further away. This is why I say to people, there's the reasons I know, Brother Yeshua, and I want to know, want to know your feedback, and Sister Eliana, after he goes, I would like to know how, what you think of this. But this is what I believe. I do believe we're at the end. We're at the end. Well, dude, I think we're at the end, very near the end of all of this. Now, what does that mean? I believe that a remnant is going to be spared. The Father is going to have mercy upon a remnant of us because he said, I will not utterly reject you, Israel. While I'm angry with you, I will not utterly rejected and here's why because of the covenant he made with Abraham see if he gave us what we deserve folks we will be destroyed never to come up again there will be no more talk about Israel if he just gave us what we deserve but Psalms 103 talks about he won't always chide he won't always give us what we deserve but this remnant have their heart circumcised this remnant is not just because they Israel bloodline. Bloodline is not going to get it. If bloodline was going to save you, uh, Brother Yahshua and Sister Eliana, then the Father would have never did anything to Israel because they bloodline. 
So this is why I try to tell people it's not about just bloodline. The reason we have to talk about how we're Israel bloodline-wise is to understand why we're going through all of this. But in order to change this, we got to be born again. we got to have our heart circumcised. We have to have that relationship with the Father, and we have to be obedient. And one of the things he has commanded us to do in, in getting directions on, for our salvation, brothers and sisters, he does say these words. Come out of her, my people, that you may not partake of her destruction. So, Brother Yahshua just said a mouthful. He said we should be fighting for equal rights. Now, I don't know how that's going to set well, and I want to ask him a little bit more about that. But, again, folks, I, if somebody gets shot tomorrow in front of my place, I'm going to be out there. I don't know. I want to know what you think of this, Brother Yahshua. And I'm going to be saying it's not right what y'all did. I don't think I'm supposed to say, well, brother, was you living right? You know, especially if he was obeying the law, I am going to be up in arms because I do think we're supposed to speak out for the the widow. widow the, the scripture talks about that, defending the widow. And, and, and if a son gets shot, oftentimes it is the son of a single parent. Most, some of the time, we're supposed to be there for them. Brother Yeshua, comment on that. How far do you mean to take that? Do you believe in voting? Um. It depends on the scenario. Um, I definitely do not vote for presidents. I don't believe in voting for a president. Um, and that's because I believe that it's going against um, the way I see the scripture of Deuteronomy, I believe, the 17th chapter, uh, where the Almighty lets us know the only ruler that we're able to put over us, our king, um, that we can put over us must be one of our own people. And um, so I Now, what that. about Israel um, in captivity now when they were scattered, got the four corners? And he says, and, and it was, you know, we had a show on that where we talked about how should we live. And he said, you do all things to be at peace with people. And, um, you know, you're another, you're not in Israel. We're not in right, Israel, Brother Yahshua. To, uh, to seek the peace of the city. Absolutely. And so in seeking the peace of the city, I definitely believe in doing that. But to me, um, it, farther as far as the voting thing, it would be, um, um, I mean, literally just to get round, downright to it, um, I believe when it comes to presidents, your vote doesn't count. Um, and the reason Hillary Clinton, right. won the, Hillary Clinton won the popular vote. Everybody kept saying vote and vote. Well, she got more votes. She won the popular vote. So to me, it's all nothing but an illusion. They put on TV every time it's time to vote for the president. They start counting the numbers like these numbers actually matter. And the only votes they count are the electoral college vote for each state. So all they literally had to do was call up the few people, one person or two, however many people you have for your state that's, that's the voters for the electoral college and ask them, hey, for the state of Texas, who did you work for? And once they tell you who they're going to vote for, then that's who won Texas, and everybody else can just stop counting these numbers. Like, why are you looking at the screen counting these numbers all day? It don't make any sense. I remember when I was in, um, I think, the ninth grade, my uh, ninth grade high school teacher told us that, and he explained that to us. And his exact words were, they made it up this way because the powers that be 
the people that really weren't running this country don't want, didn't trust the regular people to be smart enough to know who to vote for and things like that. And that's what he told us back in like the ninth grade. And so I've always known that, and it's always been like mind-boggling to me to see every year uh, all of these adults go about and keep saying how voting counts, and it's obvious that it don't count because, again, she won the popular vote, meaning more people voted for her than voted for him, than voted for uh, Trump. So, But now when it comes to other things and other issues, well, I don't totally – deal with that whole system, but I'm not totally against it either. If somebody wants to do that, that's fine, and that's on them. You know, um, it's certain issues that affect school, that affects your money, that affects taxes and stuff like that. Yeah, please do vote for them. If you can have more money in your pocket and not have to give them more money and things like that. Um, when, when it comes to certain issues, I think that it's nothing but, like, of course, most people will say, well, yeah, I want to vote against abortion, but rather you vote I mean, not against abortion, but I know some people that say they don't, they only vote Republican because they don't believe in abortion. But no matter if the Democrat or the Republican wins each and every year, you're still going to have abortions every year. Right. So, so the issue with gay rights, it's a mute issue, is what, we call, what I call a mute issue. Right, exactly. That's the word I was looking for. Exactly. So while I don't really vote, and not that I never will, like, I voted um, not too long ago because it's a, a Hebrew sister that we know that uh, that you took to Israel that was running in, um, in the city of Cincinnati, and I gave her my word that I would vote for her, and I did. Um, I haven't voted for many years before that, but I voted just to vote and for her. And you know what happened with that, folks? He's talking about Judge Tracy Hunter, and he's right. And he voted for her. She actually lost the race and found out they, they wasn't counting her vote, just to prove what this brother saying is true, they did not count all the ballots, and Tracy sued the right. state of Ohio and won, and they had a recount. Right. And when she got the judgeship, oh my goodness, they sent her through hell. They spent, yeah. I think, over $3 million trying to catch her, and she's still threatened now. He put in jail, they lied on her, they said all kind of crazy stuff. She beat them. Yeah. She was a sharp sharp attorney and she just constantly beat them every turn kept winning lawsuits she told them to take shackles off kids when they bring them into my courtroom she changed them she told the the the, the uh, media you can't come in the courtroom which is all a judge can do this and because she stood up for those kids they made that girl pay so this brother right here tonight yeah. just dropped the bombshell and I would love to know what Sissy Eliana Baya have to say I personally agree with you now I do vote and I do encourage everybody else to vote. Here's why I vote. I vote because if my grandparents and their grandparents and all the people that died and fought and bled for us to vote, they would turn over in their grave. But do it really count? I'm with Brother Yeshua. But I vote like crazy because I just don't want to disrespect them in their hard work. I even research. I pick the lesser of the evils. But do I really think it's, it's somebody said, why do you do it? That's why I do it, folks. But, I mean, now, do, is all elections rigged? I don't believe that. I think some elections actually is legitimate because they'll get caught if they rigged everything. But when you start talking about the president of the United States, talking about Barack Obama, I do believe that man was picked. I just believe that. I don't think we put anybody in office. But I still think you should research, 
find out the less of the evils, the closest one, because it may be that one election that they don't mock, they, they don't control. You know, so you see that the Russia tamper with this election, and what happened? Ain't nothing happened to them. I mean, these folks are hacking computers, hacking the White House. You really, really think they can't hack the electoral process? Come on. But Sister Eliana, I would love to hear her take on it. You know, we all uh, got on our uh, big drawers, so to speak, and we all speak our minds, and, and that's one thing I like about my friends. We all stand on our own ground. So, Sister Eliana, what do you think of what you've heard so far? Please. Oh, okay, so I, I totally agree with you guys. Even though I've worked the elections, I've been, I've, I've, um, I've been. What do you call it? The, uh, the person in there when people come to vote and, and all of this. But you know, I, I totally agree when it comes to people of color in this country, and even people, not just people of color. When it comes to the uh, the average citizen, the vote really doesn't matter because just like uh, Brother Yeshua said, you can watch the screen. They're doing all these numbers. But it really does come down to that electoral college, and that's just a small handful of people out of the millions and millions of people in the United States that determine who's going to be the president of the United States. So I, I, I don't believe that our vote counts, um, although I've been a proponent of, you know, get out and vote and register, and, and you know, I've done all the civic duties. You know, um, Yehoshua said, render unto Caesar the things that are Caesar's. And unto God, the things that are God's. So this is a thing of Caesar, you know, that we do. Um, they do track you if you don't vote. You know, there's little consequences. You know, if you're a citizen, if you're a taxpayer, you know, you have to, they'll pull you into court to be uh, on the jury. You know, all these little things are Caesar. But we live in this society, and uh, we render unto Caesar those things that are Caesar's. But also our duty as Hebrews is to really stand and render unto to the Most High Yah the things that belong to him, which are the more weighty matters for us and for the nations. Believe it or not, they really do uh, hold up the nations because a lot of judgment can fall. But when we are praying, like, like uh, it was said, if my people which are called by my name. And actually Solomon interceded for us for that prayer. Solomon talked to the Most High, and he said, you know, if the people turn to you, if they're in affliction, if they're in captivity, if they're taken out of the land, what would happen? And the Most High responded to Solomon saying, if my people, which are called by my name, will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven. Then will I forgive their sins. And then will I heal the land? So that's a right we have for the nations. They don't even understand the power of having the Hebrews in their nations, um, that we we actually keep them from going headlong into that wrath of the Most High uh, because of who we are and how we pray and how we connect with our Father. But as far as voting, no, the vote doesn't count. I'm sorry, folks. Your vote doesn't count. <laughs> um, but, you know, like, okay, also that Yeshua and, and Brother uh, Seth were saying, some of those smaller, you know, civic elections are local. You, it might. It might. But, you know, a lot of things are still determined. Um, they still put who they want to be in power no matter what. So the thing is, um, you know, we still have to be good sports, and we have to – you know, like like Yeshua was saying, we need to know that we weren't here to obtain equal rights. And, and Leon, if you can hold on a second, there's a hand that went up. So whenever you're done, we'll go to that. We'll get that question. We'll go right here. Finish up. So we weren't here to get that equal rights and that footing because we were here again for that chastisement 
we were here to, to be um, to receive the chastisement so that we can receive the correction of the Father. And that's what we're really talking about. You know, all the things that have happened in our nation to us in this land has really been to point us to these days that are coming where we turn and we do what's called teshuva. We turn back to the Father. We repent. We walk back towards the Most Hayah as a nation, and we say we will keep your covenants and your commandments, your precepts, your statutes, and your judgments. That's what this is all about, is Israel recognizing the status of who they are and becoming that nation for eternity. Yes, yes. Well, Sister Eliana, let's do this. Let's go to the phone lines and get this question, and you can finish up here shortly because i got a feeling you weren't done there. But I don't want to know how long these people have been holding here. So we got a phone line. I do mean a phone line full of people. I haven't seen this many people in a long time. I'm sure they're following Brother Yashua. <laughs> anyway, anyway, area code 817630. Area code 817630. Go ahead with your question or comment. I'd like to know your name and the city you're calling from. This Tyrus. All right, Mr. Tyrus. Well, 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 how you doing, sir? What city are you calling Fort from? Fort Worth. Fort Worth. Okay, all right. This is my little nephew, everybody. Uh, well, go ahead, Tyrus. What's on your mind? Always Fort Worth, Texas. What's on your mind? I'll come see what y'all talking about. I'm just tuning in. You got to be kidding. I'm just well, tuning in. Oh, okay, we're well, just tuning in. Well, just just hang on, and I'll we'll let you listen in, and you let us know if you have any questions or comments. But well, we love the young people, love to get your take on whatever we're talking about. We're talking about. Uh, I'll give you a little quick little synopsis, only because I know you. We're talking about House Resolution twelve forty two that talks about four hundred years next year being uh, a four hundred year landmark of African Americans being in this country. That's the first part of it. And this is a commission. Uh, uh, the, uh, this HR twelve forty two is. And you got a little noise in your background. You might want to tune that out. But Taurus, this is basically talking about um, a commission that's that's going to be going forth. Uh, that have already went forth to. Uh, it's a really a big deal. I'm trying to pull up the little thing here where I can kind of read some of these to you. But basically, in a nutshell, four hundred years. Some people is believe that it's divine. It's a divine purpose. It's something behind four hundred years. A lot of people feel like uh, this could be the end of the Gentile or the white man ruling over us for 400 years. You know, Scripture talks about Israel going into captivity for 400 years and then the Father bringing them out. There's a lot of talk about us coming out of America after the 400 years, after 2000, if I can talk tonight, 2019. And then there's some talk of, well, is, is it 400? Is it more? You know, you can't bank everything on 400, so we just kind of fine-tuning this, it, you know, whether or not it is 2019, number one, and if so, what does that mean to our people? What does it mean? Are we really going to be coming out? You know, there's all some people already leaving. We're about to talk about it a little bit here. For instance, Ghana's president announced that 2019 is the year of the return. He's He's welcoming all 40 million of us. He didn't say 40 million, but he just said the African-American, that is roughly 40 million. He's welcoming us to Ghana. Uh, we're talking about living, moving back to, 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 he's inviting us to come live there. And some people have, have already actually went back to Ghana, 
and have proven that he was a man of his word. They lived there and, and been given free land, and, and they're doing quite well. And uh, just got a little, little uh, a notification about everybody. You're still on. I still can hear you, but hold on a second. Anyone listen to this show? by clicking on a link. If you listen to this show by clicking on a link, remember at 10 o'clock you have to call the phone number so y'all have like one minute to call that 914-205-5590. One more time, you got to call the show if you clicked on a link and you're listening by a link. That's not going to work after 10. You have to wait till the show goes off to listen to the rest of it if you don't do this. But you need to call the two the 914 205 5590. But anyway, Taurus, you might want to just continue listening and just see if you have any questions, okay? Yeah, I'm going to have some statements, too, just based on what you just told me. But I'll listen. Well, okay, I'll tell you what. Why don't you listen a little bit longer because we got another hand that just went up, and they probably been listening for a while in, in respect for them. But if you want to if you want to come back on, when I put you on hold in, in about – Ten seconds here. Press one so your hand to go down, and then if you want to come back on later after you hear a little bit more, you're more than welcome. Just press one a second time, okay? All right. All right. And that's Taurus, my little nephew, checking the show out. He will let you know what's on his mind for real. Go ahead and press one, Taurus, at this time. Okay, Erico. Six seven eight five five nine go ahead with your question your comment i would love to know the city you're calling from and your name please fort worth are you sure oh what's going on brother oh man it's all good how y'all doing oh doing good doing good good to hear your voice again what's on your mind brother i know you got well, something good for us <clears throat> well there was there was a question a couple of questions you put out there in regard to um in reference to the prophecy, what does that mean to us and how does it apply uh, specifically in regards to the timeline as to departure? And actually the answer, if we're going on the pretext that still 400 years applies to us and that the prophecy from Genesis 15, 13 applies to us, well, actually if you keep reading, it's pretty detailed there in the next couple of verses. That's like verse 14. It says that I will also judge the nation where they were served and afterwards they will come out with many possessions. And as for you, you will go to your father to speak unto Abraham in peace, and you will be buried in a good old age. Then in the fourth generation, in the fourth generation, uh, I got an echo. Okay, in the fourth generation, it says, they shall return here for the iniquity of the Namorites is not yet complete. So, that is the completion of the prophecy. So it's, he's very specific as to when the return would be. He said it would be within the fourth generation. Well, if we look at according to the timeline in which the scripture was written, a generation was 100 years. So we got 400 years. So any time after that 400 years or from 399 to 500, you have now within the fourth generation. So what you would say what's going to take place after that, as Brother Yeshua said, is everybody going to return at the same time? Absolutely not. In regards to the uh, the bill that was put forth, I would say, if anything, that's the sovereignty of the Most High because he is actually setting things in order for our return. If we read the prophecies and we pay a lot of attention to the prophecies more so than people's opinions and all the teachings, if we would actually take time to go through the scriptures, 
those scriptures, those prophecies specifically in regarding to Israel and Israel's return, they let us know what's about to happen. In my scriptures, the, um, the Messiah said, I don't know, the, no one knows the hour or the date, but he never did say we wouldn't know the season and we wouldn't know the time. As a matter of fact, it says that the children of Issachar, it says that they knew the seasons, and as a result of knowing the seasons, they'd know what Israel, they knew what Israel should do. And so if we look at the, the prophecies and the scriptures, they're all consistent. They all line up, line up on line, precept upon precept, just like you read right there. We would come out. If you go read um, Revelations 18, 3 and 5, it talks about coming out of her, coming out of Babylon. You go back, you read Jeremiah, the, 51, the 51st chapter, I think it's the sixth verse. The scripture reads almost exactly like a quote from Revelations chapter 18, verse 3 through 5. And they're all saying the same thing. There's going to come a point in time in which we're going to be called out of here. And in that season, that season is going to last for a generation. According to the scriptures, that appointed time, that generation was 100 years. So we know that with anything, as Brother said, and as you said, as you alluded to, while we're here, we're going to live peacefully and we're going to pray for the peace of the city. Um, but at this point in time, we have to realize that that prophecy was given to Jeremiah too, that it says, it says to uh, plant, plant vineyards, build houses, um, give your sons in marriage so that you would, so that what you would not be diminished in numbers. So when the appointed time came, they would actually be out of the city. So when brother Yeshua was talking about all of the things that we do to fight and, and where it's going to get very volatile in the next few years, because, um, with all of the racial conflict and the division that's been brought about, uh, ironically, all of those things are in according to everything that has been written in the scripture. Because the reason that we're going to come out of here is because it's going to be, by many of us, it's going to be absolute necessity. Our lives are going to depend upon it. And I know that for many of us, we can't see that for our head and imagine such. But I would tell you to go back and study the regime of Adolf Hitler. And you will see that many of the things that are taking place with us right now presently also took place at the same time within the administration of Adolf Hitler. And so these things are only doing nothing but coming to, as you would say, a, wow. an eclipse and at an appointed time. And we will be pushed out of here. All of us are not going to go. But I will say this, though, because you said this about what about the people who will, they're not, they're not, you know, a lot of people, they may not believe as we believe they may not be born again. But guess what? And it's not going to be just born again messianic believers that are going to be they're going to return. There's always going to be a lot of people who do not believe in the Messiah who are going to return, because as the scripture shows, which is a very scripture that's emphasis for you, brother Seth, that you may you refer to a lot of time, and that's the scripture in Joel. Well, when you read in Joel, a part of the reason why come um, there's going to be a period of time where they're going to be they're going to be they're going to defeat us. Is simply put. That's the lap, that's the com, the culmination of the judgment that's decreed against us, and at that point in time, that's the very reason when we talk about the war of Armageddon. That's what he's going to be coming back for to save us, because they're going to come back. Because once we're there, they're going to come for us. It says it says that from the king of the north, it's going to come into his mind to go back and reclaim what was given, because they're not we don't we don't have to go and take that land. They're going to give us that land. Powerful, powerful, powerful. And as you notice, I know a lot of y'all are not Bible thumpers, but the brother really is just repeating what he's doing. Everything Brother brother uh, LSU just said, we're just mimicking our forefathers because it's all like this big circle. We keep repeating, 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 
repeated. I thought it was very interesting when he brought up Adolf Hitler. Because we can't fathom. We're just saying, y'all crazy. What are you talking about leaving for? It, it does sound crazy. I mean, you know, I don't know about y'all, but I'm chilling right now. <laughs> so I'm drinking me some Dunkin' Donuts coffee and, you know, about to go to work. And <laughs> but what happens when I'm afraid to go outside and I hear gunshots like every 30 minutes? Many of you don't live in the inner city. You don't know what it's like to hear a gunshot every, you know. In Cincinnati, I guess I would hear it every every three nights, every four nights, maybe. Pow, pow. Sometimes you're there, hear an ambulance shortly after. Sometimes not. But there are some people, they are very familiar with that. Well, just a multiply that times like 10. What if you hear it like in Beirut? They hear it even more often. You at, at one point in Beirut, we don't know nothing about that. If we knew that, if we if people was dying like flies, this this show would be like a breath of fresh air. We'd be asking, who do I contact when I get to Ghana and all this? Speaking of uh, Ghana, brother Elishu, since I hadn't heard from you in a long time, brother, it's so good to hear from you. you hear me? Yes, sir. What do you think of Ghana's president? And I want us to kind of switch gears. We can go back to this, but I just got to get y'all's take on him declaring the year of return, 2019. And just like a bunch of scared chickens, like a lot of us are, because the Bible says Israel would not be a people of war. We've been in captivity. When you come out of captivity, you are not a people of war. That's why most black people, for sure over 50, don't even own guns. I mean, that's changing I guess, but we are not an armed people compared to whites. So this president has said, Ghana has said, the president of Ghana, President Adu, Adu, A-D-D-O, if I'm pronouncing his name right, I think it's Adu, he said he apologized pretty much for slavery. And y'all go to YouTube, that's one place you can see this, and type in UN, Year of Return, um, Ghana, and you'll get all kind of videos on this, but he really is seriously welcoming African Americans back, and he say, we will make sure this never happens again to you. That's the main thing. What do y'all think? I heard some people say, oh, this is wonderful. People was kind of almost teary-eyed during, during this ceremony at the UN. Then some people say, oh, no, don't do that because they got rid of us the first time. You know, what do y'all take of that? Because some people actually think the Ashanti people are Israelites themselves in West Africa. So, and they're in Ghana. I don't know if they're the ones in power, like this president. I don't know if he's Ashanti, but this guy is serious. But what do y'all feel about that? Brother Elisha, why don't you go? And Brother Yashua, hey, did you hear me? What, what, what was that? Come on, can you hear me? I can okay, hear you. Can you hear me? Okay, I can I hear you. My, uh, my computer or not. Okay, um... Really quick, I'm going to have to uh, get off here. I'm not going to be able to make the remainder of the show, but I did want to say thanks for having me on. Hopefully we yeah, she told me that earlier. I understand. I should mention that earlier, but go ahead, brother. Yeah, okay, bro. Hey, Ellie Shore, good hearing from you. Yes, bro. sir. I'll talk to brother you Terry, uh, brother, yeah. brother Yashua, yeah. before you run, brother Yashua, uh-huh. before you run, any any last comments about the president before you, if you got 30 seconds even? What do you think? 
about the uh, said in about the president. The president of Ghana welcoming African Americans, saying you're more than welcome to come here, and we apologize. And, and the thing we need to do is make sure this never happens again. Everybody applauded when he said that. What, what do you have to say in lieu of people returning and leaving America? It may not be the remnant. This may not be the remnant. Again, two different conversations going on. Some people leaving to get away of a, from oppression, and then there's this remnant that the father's going to move. Yeah. Um. I don't know. I'll probably have to meditate on it, but uh, it probably can't be too much worse than we have it here. That's all I can say. Uh, but, yeah, I don't know that much about um, him, Ghana, what's going on there or anything like that, you know. I just know for the most part, um, our history, most of the nations has been our enemy. So um, that's all I can really say concerning that. Okay. Well, listen, brother, thank you for stopping by. You did a wonderful job laying that out about uh, the 400-year span. We really appreciate it. Okay? All right, bro. All right, y'all. Uh, before I go to Sister Eliana, uh, everybody, I want to ask Brother brother Elishua a question. Brother Elishua, can you hang out a little bit with us? Because he did let us know he probably wasn't going to hang out the whole show. So you are, are you able to or are you tied up or what's going on with you tonight? Yeah, I can. I just, yeah, yeah, that's no problem. I just wanted to make a... Uh, as you answer your question that you asked in regard to that about um, uh, the situation from Ghana, um, and actually it goes right back. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, I was just saying President Adu. I think that's his name. President Adu, yeah. Yeah. Um, if, you, if, you, if we go back to the scripture in verse 15, it says, uh, no, verse 16, it says, then the fourth generation, they should return here. It says, so the iniquity of the Amorite is not yet complete. Um, guess who Amorites are? A- Amorites are Africans. They're descendants of Ham. Um, I think what the brother Igbo is doing, one who's being sensitive, because I think that the whole key to that is that what the Most High told Abraham, and blessing, I will bless those who bless you, and in cursing, I will curse those who curse you. Um, we're not the only people who are waking up in regards to who we are. And I think that what's happening with, with, with the nation of Ghana is going to be happening among many African nations because they want to ob- absolve themselves, and righteously so, of the guilt that is upon them for being complicit in our captivity. And so for him to make that is that what I can say is that was a very honorable gesture. Uh, would I suggest that people do it? Well, I always tell people in the final analysis, do what's best for you. But um, if, if you want to know what's according to the word, uh, the word doesn't say that we'll be given going to any African or Canaanite nation. It says it says that we'll be going back to um, Canaan, not uh, Ham, so not Africa. So um, the scripture only gives us clear that we're supposed to be returning back to Israel, not to uh, Africa. But for people who want to do that, yeah. Very interesting. And, and again, everybody, this is President. Uh, his first name is Akofu Aka. K-U-F-O, Akofo, A-D-D-O. I'm probably not butchering the man's name, but at least I can spell it, okay? But anyway, the president of Ghana, he did offer a sincere apology, and he did call 2019 the year of the return. Brother Kalo and other brothers are there, Brother Elishua, as we speak. I think actually Brother Kalo is here in the States, but he's about to go back. He goes back and forth. Now watch this. Brother, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. They are doing big things there. And they says it's not heaven. 
they look for a few little challenges, but they say it's a miracle to be able to wake up and not be threatened by your life. No cops, nobody killing you. Talk about the vegetation. They talk about the the uh, optimism, the the business ventures that is is going down with other Americans doing the same thing coming there. He's not the only gentleman there, and uh, they speak very highly of the government of Ghana. Keep in mind, everybody, there's some people there that we know that's been there for a long time. Guess who that is? Demona. Benami people have went into Ghana, and they have been in. They have Benami, if I remember correct, the, the the nation of Yah. They have a school there. They have long track a long track record with the Ghana president. Uh, I think this the current one in the world before. So this is not some brand new thing of them working with Israelites. And again, brother Elishua, remember the Ashanti people who very well could be who this gentleman is, is actually Israelites themselves. So I hear you, but I don't know, man. I don't know. That's why we need we do these shows. To, and next week, while I'm on it, we're going to go to Sister Eliana. We're going to have Brother Kalo on. We're going to be presenting some of the pictures of his, his compound. He calls it a compound, but it looked more like a mansion for me. To me, at marble floors, he's got a studio in it, he's got a photography area, he's got nice vegetation. I mean, you know, it's it, it it's 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 not U.S. grade, but it's really nice, and it's his, and it's own, and, and he has access to it. It's ownership. So we'll talk more about we'll we'll put Brother Kalo on the hot seat next week and talk about does he really own it? and and because a lot of people are serious. And they really have some strong roots in this country, and they don't want to just go some other country to have. You know what I'm saying? So, again, folks, what we want to do tonight, and I'm coming to you, Sister Eliana, we just want to kill this notion that we can't go anywhere else. I, I'm hoarse, as you hear my voice. Y'all hear me hoarse? But Ella Shoes, I sound hoarse? Yeah, a little bit. Mm-hmm. You know why I'm hoarse? You know my brother Mars? We mm-hmm. got in the most biggest argument we have ever had since I've been on the planet yesterday. <laughs> you might like this. Do you know what we argued over? What? This very topic. My brother Mars, he he don't mind me telling y'all because he wants y'all to know this. These Africans ain't no good. All they want to do is use our sisters to get citizenship. That's what he say. I wouldn't be no more go no God the man in the moon. He wasn't trying to hear nothing I was saying. And I had to just yell to get in the testimonies that I've heard. That's how a lot of our brothers and sisters think of Africa. So see, well, you, heard, you, heard, you, heard what the you heard what the scripture said. The wickedness of the Amorite has has not yet been fulfilled, complete. And that's what the scripture says. And so the issue is that what Morris is seeing is what a lot of us are seeing. I see what you're seeing because I would say that some of these African nations are some of the fastest growing nations in the world right now. Yes. Nigeria is one of them. Nigeria is one of Ethiopia them. Ethiopia is another one. Yes, they're, I mean, and they're bulging. But the, here's the thing. They are growing, and this is the drawback. They're growing from foreign money. 
So that means that they're growing from foreign money. That means that, that those foreigners have influence in those countries. What is happening now, there's a new colonization that's, ta- that's taking place. It's no longer the colonization where they came in by force and just took over the land. Now it's a colonization through economics, through the medium of lending money, of what they call uh, development investment. And that's what's taking place. And so if they want to call in those loans at any time, but in regards to what Morris was saying, is that there still is a contempt. And I say, and again, I would say for the brother in Ghana, and that's why I come out with, you know, big ups to him, I salute him, because he absolves himself of being complicit of the blood that is still in that bloodline and the Africans who were complicit. And remember, they are being, they were cursed just as well. And so we have to be careful of entangling ourselves with the curses of others that we've been called out of because it says one thing in regard to Babylon, it says come out of her. Now, the only place in Scripture that tells us to go other than coming out of her is going to Israel. But I would say we're in a medium period. You know, my job is to wake people up and let them know, hey, the time is upon us and it's time to prepare and the time to really be considered this and get this in your mindset. That's my job. But that may not, that's not, may not be your job or Mars's job. And if that's the case, then there may be situations in certain nations in Africa where you may have career opportunities and you want to take advantage of that. But at the same time, knowing, be aware that if they're not like Ghana, if they have not repented of that, then you're taking upon their curse. Well, I want to hear from Sister Eliana. We've said enough. And I, brother, you hold on because, again, good to hear your voice, man. I mean that. We miss your expertise, brother. You got a certain angle that I don't have. Sister Eliana got an angle we don't have. So, Sister Eliana, we'd love to know your comments. You've been quiet for a while now, letting us men talk. Uh, what you got, sister? Wow, that was great. That was really great. <laughs> it's good to hear you, Elishua. I'm really, really mm-hmm. pleased to hear you tonight. Thank you, and likewise to both of you all. <clears throat> yes. So, okay. So, like LSU, I do agree. I mean, I, I really think that um, – and, and then, again, there are points where I, I completely disagree with some things that were said. But on this one thing, I do agree. I believe that we – the Hebrew people, we have a call and we have a destiny. And the fact that we have, we share the complexion, skin tone, you know, features – of many of the African nations, we are not the same people. We are just not the same people. And we need to wait on the Father uh, for direction where we're going because he's made it clear what he's going to do for Israel. And I think a lot of the discussion, you know, especially people that have a lot of questions and doubts, it just seems to me that the questions and doubts are coming from people who don't know the Father and – do not understand the plan and do not understand the purpose of why we're here, number one, what, you know, when we're coming out, number two, where we're going, number three. And we are like, you know, we did not come here as immigrants. We did not come here to, uh, because we decided, you know, okay, the the land wasn't good. We, we had crop failure. The potatoes didn't grow. And we're just going to go to the new world in the United States and start over. And then now we're going to return. That's not what happened. We were taken in captivity because of a specific purpose and plan of the father. So we can't, we cannot take him out of the equation. We can never take him out of the equation. 
of what's happening to us as a nation. And we are, again, we are not the hemetic people. And I think there's a lot of confusion because we've gone through so many things, and, and I'm just talking nationwide in the, in the nation of Israel. And, and then here in the United States, it's not all Israel that is here that have black skin and black features or thick lips, woolly hair, you know, the broad nose. That's, you know, all, everyone here abiding is not of Israel. But we look alike. And we can we can almost blend and pass as each other, but we are not the same people. Israel is here, the nations are here, Ham is here, Japheth is here, in this in this land, and we have to be really distinctly clear about who we are, our destiny, and where we're going. And so I agree with that point um, that we are to, to go to Israel. That is where He's calling us. Now He did say we'd be gathered to the wilderness, and we that that could be Ghana. I don't know, but I believe when the the Father is going to do the gathering. Now people are going to leave because I believe in the at the end of 2019, a new sense of freedom is going to be upon us collectively. There's also going to be a tremendous amount of oppression. There's also going to be like we talked earlier be, uh, be, offline before the show. A lot of what Elishua was saying, um, the, it's going to heat up. It's going to heat up, and a lot of people, whether they know the Most High or not, they're going to want to get out of this country because they're not going to believe how this nation is going to is going to turn like a tiger on us as a, as a Hebrew people, and they're going to want to get up out of here for whatever reason. They're going to want to go and flee, and those that are, are walking and waiting for that prophetic gathering we're going to we're going to hear that trumpet we're going to we're going to sense in our spirit the father is is gathering us we're going to link up we're going to connect and we're going to be coming out we're going to be traveling in the same direction going to the same destination so all of that's going to take place after this you know next year after that time and like Elisha was saying that that generation being 100 years you know there's a period of time Father is going to start turning the wheels, start gathering the people, and bringing them out. And um, that's the time that we're waiting on. That's that appointed time. And he's going to let us know when to get out. So if it, if it is get out, you know, mobilize in Ghana or mobilize somewhere else, and then I'll take you on into the land. That's what the Father will let us all know. Just like he began to wake us up to understand we're the Hebrew people, He's going to do that same, you know, the next steps. He's going to give us our marching orders in that next phase of our awareness of who we are. So that is what I truly believe in my spirit, that that is what what he's about to do. And uh, we just are in a time of rejoicing, and we do need to be prepared. We need to be ready. We need to have our eyes open. We need to be studying scripture like crazy. We need to be studying history like crazy. We need to be preparing our children. And we need to be talking to them about coming out of this nation. We really do. Exactly. Absolutely we do. Preparing our children that, hey, you know, you may not, you know, uh, buy that house in, you know, X, Y, Z county that you want or this location because we're coming out of here. We need to start setting the uh, setting the expectation correctly that we're coming out it, of this land. And, and you know what, Sister Ellen, and her hand just went up. So I'm gonna go to the phone lines here in a second. So I'm coming to you, area code eight one seven six three zero. But let me just say this real quick. You just said something profound. And listen, 
I'm just, I'm always, I don't know what it is about me. It got to be a calling because Lord knows I'm not afraid. I don't been to countries. I don't been places people won't even go. They say, how did you go there with nobody? It was just you. I don't have no fear of moving away. But I'm always thinking of people that really love the Father and really trying to do what's right. And they also love America. They want to serve in the war and all this stuff. And, but they don't want their kids shot. They don't want to be misdiagnosed on purpose by doctors that's trying to population control. This population control, people are finally becoming, beginning to realize we ain't just making this stuff up. And they're scared. A lot of people are scared. So at least if you know you're not going nowhere, Sissy Eliana just dropped a nice little bomb. Start talking to your kids about the idea Maybe you can't say be all hardcore like she is and like sister, you know. Maybe just say y'all need to start thinking about life outside of America. I applaud my niece Charity. She gets up, she likes Israel, she goes over there, she sees it's peaceful, she falls in love with the people, and she loves it. I don't think it's time for the great exodus to Israel yet. I think Israel going to go through some things, too, before the true Israelites show up. That's another prophecy. It's a whole other conversation. But I applaud her. Now, let's go to the phone lines and see what Erico 81760. I think this is Taurus again. Let's see her. Okay. Erico 817630. Who am I speaking with? It's Taurus. All right, it's Taurus again, all the way in forward, Texas. Taurus, what, what question or comment do you have for us? Like, all y'all pretty much got some good points. Like they say, you can put a little bit of truth with a whole bunch of lies, and people be, believe the lie with the truth, you know. So it's pretty much like black people, it's going to take a whole lot for black people to just get up and go anywhere. For one, I don't feel like going to no Ghana. And I don't think nobody else going to go to Nogana because ain't now African came to try to save us, nothing like that. You understand what I'm saying? Like, uh, everybody want to put this big emphasis on Africa. Cause like, like she say, black people, black, they look alike, whatnot, or whatever, but we ain't the same. So you're really trying to place yourself somewhere to live somebody else, what you want to call it. Well, let me ask you a question let me ask you, you say Africans ain't never done it for us. Now, if you say that, if the president of Paris, of, of Germany, said the same thing, he ain't done nothing for us. But people go live, move to Germany. Paris, no, people no, are no, moving no, no, out no, of the, hold on, real quick, real no, quick. Hold on, hold on, you see, you, you misinterpreting what I'm trying to say. What I'm trying to say, y'all talking about prophecy and all this type of stuff, I'm on that page with you. I'm on the bigger picture, but I'm still scraping up crumbs to try to build my puzzle. So I'm not saying I don't care if it was somebody in Mars telling us to come. It it ain't going to work like that. Like she said, if it's if people being awakened or whatever, they know they're Hebrews, they know they're the Israelites or whatnot, whatever, whatever, whatever. The devil real, man. Like, I don't care what you say, like. If everybody did go to Ghana, say that was the exodus or whatnot, everybody go to Ghana. All the black folks leave America, and not one black person left in America. Everybody go to Ghana. You don't think the trouble fit to come to Ghana? They got everybody in one spot. <laughs> <laughs> come on, man. Okay, let, let, let me address that. Let me address that. Let me address that. Let me address that. Tar. Let me finish. Let me finish. Let, let, me let finish. him finish, Seth. Let him finish. It's a good yeah. point. Is good. Like, 
and he's a young man, right. so let's hear what he's got to say. Let's hear him out. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. If you guys chosen people in the devil real, God real, the devil real, man. Like, if you guys chosen people, you think he's just going to let you get away that easy? No, they're going to, like, cesspool y'all up to where they can do some genocide, like, Hitler-type stuff to y'all. So it's not going to really happen. It's going to take something like that for everybody to go. That could be the fake Babylon, you know what I'm saying, or the Babylon everybody talking about. The, the rest haven, you know what I'm saying, for everybody let their guards down, want to go over and holler hallelujah, then you got an atomic bomb being dropped on you. Come on, man, like, the remnant going to come from whatever that is. You understand what I'm saying? So, I don't say everybody needs to run no Ghana. No, that, that well, ain't what well, it is. Well, that's like, why Sister Eliana, real quick, real quick, you can finish it real quick. That's why Sister Eliana, a couple of weeks ago, she kind of, I think she was right, I give her the points on this. She kind of split it because I was talking about coming out because of oppression and she was saying no I don't think you, that's the reason you come out you come out because God is calling you out and that was a very good thing she did I don't think I had an opportunity to tell her that but she heard me now because there are people like LSU said that's just going to leave for all kind of reasons just anybody with a brain know this should be our home. It, we really have paid our dues for it to be our home, but a home is where you have peace. If you don't have peace, baby, I don't care how much you call it your home. You can put a sign out there. You can put a little welcome out on the door. If there's poison in the refrigerator and a boogeyman under your bed, you're going to be tormenting your own house. So this is not our home. It really not. So the question is, where is our home? And when you look at hey, us hey. and look at the scriptures, uh, I'm telling you, we live out the scriptures of being Israel now. So Sister Eliana made a good point a couple of weeks ago. If God leads you, Taurus, to Ghana, you don't have to worry about the devil. Who said this? Israel guy? always had battles, but it's one thing to have a battle with the government here and there, and it's another thing everywhere you go, they're trying to kill you. Look at people in Africa. Everybody in Africa is not living like us. Everybody all over the earth is not living like us, and they all have problems. Everybody's not going through what we're going through as a nation in this nation. It's not true, Taurus. Yes, they have demons in Africa. Yes, they have demons in all 45 of those countries. But I've been to Ethiopia. I've seen it with my own eyes, the peace. I was on the mountain up in Addis Ababa, and I said to myself, every African that ever, every, every African American that ever said, I'm going back home to Africa, I guarantee you this is what they meant. I looked down the hill, and I saw some people going to their little, like, little farms, and it wasn't much, but it was beautiful. Oh, my, it was like a dream. And I was saying, look Six. at this. They were just playing. And you, that's all Six. over the world. Go ahead, go ahead. Six. It's a different thing with being somebody who stays somewhere and being a tourist, just seeing it for a little bit. You understand what I'm saying? Like, you got different regimes in Africa. They fighting over stuff, corrupt people trying to fight. A lot of that is fake news. We don't know that. We don't know that. Everybody got fake news. Hey, brother. Listen to the Africans tell you. Let them tell you. If they say it, then you believe it. Don't believe it. The U.S. media. Go ahead. I'm hearing somebody else was trying to say something. No, no, I was saying that, except I think what Taurus is saying is that um, regardless of where you go, what's most most important is that we go to what's that we've been shown through the, through, through the will of God, through the word of God. And what he's saying is that we have to go where, grace is, where, where, where God's grace is for us. And if we go to a place 
and his grace is not upon us to be there, then it doesn't matter that now we're not. Because the scripture clearly says, it says that the oppression is going to come wherever we may be, no matter what country we're in. And the purpose of doing yeah. that, this is where in somewhat I agree, uh, me and the sister Aliano, I agree in the sense that yeah, true, we come out because that's what God has decreed by his, his before counsel's will, that we're going to come out in the point of time. And the scripture clearly shows us what the appointed time is. But at the same time, it says that we're going to come from everywhere. That's the scripture I wanted to read uh, out of Jeremiah 16, and it goes right to that point. And it says, and it really proves what Brother Yeshua was saying in regards to the fact that that's for, what they were talking about in Egypt was not that 400-year captivity that was prophesied to Abraham. And it's, and it's, it's 14, 16 chapter of Jeremiah. It says, Behold, the days come, saith the Lord, that it should no more be said, the Lord liveth that brought up the children of Israel Hold on, hold on, LSU. Hold on, hold on a second. Taurus, I think that's your line, but somebody's line is real loud. Real loud. Now, just watch the line. Watch the line, LSU. There's some noise, okay? But go ahead, because I want to really hear what he's saying. Go ahead, Brother LSU. Yeah, yeah, I was hearing it. I was hearing the noise, but it's not on mine, because I make sure I'm quiet here. There it goes again. It's not. Go ahead. Okay. Uh, but again, it's, um, Jeremiah 16:14 says, Therefore, behold, the days come saith the Lord, that it should no more be said, the Lord liveth that brought up the children of Israel out of the land of Egypt. But the Lord liveth that brought up the children of Israel from the land of the north and from all the lands where he had driven them. And I will bring them again into their land that I gave unto their fathers. Behold, and here's the point where I say that everybody has their specific part, and this is my part. I think this is your part, Brother Seth. I think there's many of us. This is our calling, those who right now who have been on the foreflesh, and we see what is going on. It says, Behold, I will send for many fishes, saith the Lord, and they will fish them. And afterwards, I will send for many hunters, and they shall hunt them from every mountain and from every hill and out of the holes of the rocks. For mine eyes are upon the waves, and they are not hid from me, neither in their iniquity hid from me from them. And it says, at first, I will recommend. Hold on, read that again. Mm -hmm. that, 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 that is powerful. And Taurus, I want you to hear this because this is your uncle's calling. This is one of the verses for my life. This is what I'm called to do. Read it again. And Taurus, it is your line, by the way. Okay, it's, behold, I will send for my, I will, I'll send for many fishes. Saith, saith the Lord, and they shall fish them, and I will send for many hunters, and they shall hunt for them from every mountain, from every hill, and from out of the holes and of the rocks. For mine eyes are upon all their ways, they are not hid from my face, neither is their iniquity hid from mine eyes. And now this is the most significant aspect to where we know to determine to when is the time for us to call and what's going to be the impetus for us coming out. And he says this here. And at first, I will recompense their iniquity and their sin double, because they have defiled my land, and they have filled my inheritance with the carcasses of their detestable and abominable things. And it says, My Lord, my strength, my fortress, in the day of affliction, the Gentiles shall come unto thee from the ends of the earth, and they, sh and they shall say, Surely our fathers have inherited lies, vanity, and things where is no profit. So one, more time. Man, may God one more time, one more time, that was beautiful, please, okay. please. Okay, again, and, sure. and it says, and it says, of the Lord my strength and of my fortress and my refuge in the day of affliction. Now, that's very significant, because he's talking about the time of affliction. 
and when you go and you run it over there to further Jeremiah chapter 30, and he call, it talks about the time of Jacob's trouble. We want to know the impetus that's going to push us out in the timing. Here it is right here. He says, in the times of affliction, what's going to be the response to that? The Gentiles shall come unto thee from the ends of the earth and shall say, surely our fathers have inherited lies, vanity, and things wherein there is no profit. They're going to recognize that those people over there in that land are not Israel, but that we are Israel. And those people are going to begin to support us with their dollars, their political power. What's going on in Washington, D.C. is not a coincidence. And so as I said, so one thing, I'm sorry, so were you trying to say something? No, I'm agreeing with you. I'm, a, I'm on point with you. I'm saying that's right. Yeah, I thought, I thought, I thought that. But what, what they're going to they're gonna support us until they say is that right now, the, things are going on beyond the It's like the quiet before the storm. But many things are going to be un- begin to unfold in the next several years. Now, we talk about the time frame. As you were speaking, Brother Seth, the, the Most High, he checked me. He said, you need to go back. He said, it will not be from the year 399 to 500. He said, no, now just in the fifth generation. He said, no, in the fourth generation. Now it comes back to the specific issue of time. And that's why I, come, I hate that Brother Yeshua got off the line, because if we can determine, and it's not a difficult, it's not a difficult quotation to, to find out. And we determine how many days in a Hebrew year that is equivalent to a Roman or the uh, Greco-Roman, uh, the calendar we're under now. And we can determine that. We can determine almost to the almost to the year as to when, how long we've been here, and also how much longer we before that time where we will be pulled out. Because he said it shall happen in the fourth generation. And as far as the last thing, last thing Brother said, the thing with Africa, again, Please, you all, do not overlook that significant point because it's a part of the prophecy. It says that the wickedness of the Amorites is not complete. That's very important. So there are going to be some things going on in Africa that we're not aware of, and it's going to become very turbulent because, remember, that's what the Scripture says, not opinion, only what the Scripture says. Wow. Well, let's go in and Tarsh have to put him on hold because this line was so loud. I want to go back, Tarsh. Okay, your line is now open. Go ahead and make your final comment. Brother Yashua, that was beautiful, man. Like I said, we do miss your expertise, and I wish Brother Yashua could have hung on with it a little bit because that was a very good question put at the end. But Tarsh, and then we'll come to you, Sister Eliano. Last, any last words, please? Make it less than like a minute or two, Tarsh, quickly. Uh, I ain't tripping. He said everything I was trying to say. I just didn't have my Bible in front of me. <laughs> well, anyway, uh, just know this, Taurus, and anybody else listening, don't trivialize moving. You're younger than I am, Taurus, uh, and it, 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 y'all got to be that generation because people my age ain't going nowhere. Then a lot of them are sickly, and a lot of them can't go anywhere. But y'all's generation, I believe, is going to be that generation that, that is not stuck in America. But y'all's generation also is the generation that don't see racism. You know, y'all in that, oh, y'all oldest old school people tripping. It ain't all about black and white. So y'all don't really see. Sister Eliana, hold on, hold on. Sister Eliana, like she was saying, and I, count, I was saying it too. We've been saying the show forever, really, but she said it tonight. When that fire is turned up. When we're dying so fast, you can turn the news and every day people getting shot. And and I I, I want to say this again, and then Taurus, I really want you in less than one minute, then we're going to move on, and let's see how the last words and wrap up the show. Listen, everybody, 
I told y'all I shut down this blog network for a whole year because I went into a depression. I had a gentleman by the name of Brother Joe. Brother Joe was a man in prison. Everybody knew him as the man with the information. He would come on the show and he was telling us all kinds of stuff, solid stuff. We talked about uh, these uh, fusion centers. I never heard nobody talk about fusion centers. They're all around us in every city. They're real. Command posts where they're watching certain people. One of the peoples on the group they're watching is the skinheads, the Nation of Islam, and yes, the black Hebrews. They're not, I don't know why they're watching us. We're not violent. I've never heard nobody aspire to violence. We just only talk about the scripture, but they are watching us. This is the Fusion Center. Think I'm lying. Google F-U-S-I-O-N Center and see, don't you see the government, Homeland Security. It is a project of theirs where they have these fusion centers everywhere. It's just that plus all kinds of fake news, fake wars, propaganda strategies, all types of stuff we used to handle in an old show called The One World Government. It depressed me when I actually could see everything at one time. See, what y'all are hearing, what a lot of people are hearing, not y'all, but a lot of people hear what we're going through in sound bites. But if you just stop one day and just find out how many people were shot by the police this week, how many hangings, really real live hangings, real live documented hangings this month? Real live, I mean, people that are, here's a big one that's going on right now. Here's a, here's something right now. Don't Google it. I'm warning you. Don't Google it. It's going to break your heart. Our people are disappearing. It is major. Folk is disappearing. And I'm not just talking my teenagers. And everybody think, oh, it's some kind of black crime. Not always. White supremacists are serious. They want their country back. Trump is giving them a declaring secret, silent cry. He's letting them know, I'm, in pre- I'm, I'm, I'm your president. Y'all better get your hell in y'all business. I don't know how long I'll be here. And I don't. I think that man going to win the next election, uh, according to prophecy. If we're, we're, just, we're either off or we're right, we're either on point tonight or we're off. If we're, whoever gets in that White House, really and truly, if they want their country back and Hillary gets in, they don't mean they're going to stop wanting their country back. Louis Farrakhan, last thing I'll say, Louis Farrakhan gave a official uh, uh, greetings to the nation of, of black people not too long ago. It's been a couple of years, and he said that he found trusted information, and, and trust me, they'll tell him that the police department of the U.S. have upgraded. All of them have upgraded. And he was talking about how they're getting ready. I can't see a race war. That's just me. I don't believe it. But everybody say it. Think if there's going to be a race war, it's going to be one-sided. And I think that's exactly what's going on. I think the race war has started. We just don't know we're in a war. You know a war. Oh, because, you know what? That's, I think... That's the miscalculation of Mars of Taurus generation. Because when you said that that they don't see that they don't see racism, brother, let me tell you something. There's only one option that's going to be given when it comes down to what you just spoke of, and what you just spoke of is prophetic. Because that's what Jacob thirty talks about the time of Jacob's trouble. It's also spoken of in Daniel chapter twelve, verses one and two. When that time comes, they know they're going to have only one option. Their only two options are going to be this: leave or fight. And some of them brothers. 
If you think they think twice about fighting, they'll pick up an AK in a minute and go to war against the police. Now, are they fighting a, are they fighting a war that's, that's inevitable that they're going to lose? Yes, they will. And that's going to be another part of the impetus for a lot of them young cats to say, hey, you know what? I may not be with everything about these brothers, about these Hebrew Israelites, but it's either that or pick up a weapon. Well, that'd be suicide. Now, I concur because actually I was in a meeting. I told you guys that I used to be, I used to attend synagogues before I realized I was a Hebrew. And I, I remember being in a meeting where a Jewish man who, this young man was Jewish, but he thought he was just a regular Aryan. And he had joined the Aryan, the, the, the KKK, the skinheads and all that. And then they have a, in those meetings, they have what they call a purging session where they really want to find out if the person is really what they call white. And what they Taurus, talking Taurus, about. Taurus, mute us until it's time for you to talk. Your line is too loud. And I just want to tell you what they do in those meetings to weed out people who are just maybe disgruntled, but they're not really, really white because they, they only really want the, the people they, they consider really, really white of white ancestor or white bloodline or whatever. So they start talking about how they want to mutilate people of color, and they start naming the races. And the people that are maybe biracial, maybe they look white, but maybe they're Hispanic and white, or maybe they're Asian, or maybe they are a couple of generations, but they have black ancestry somewhere down the line, they become uncomfortable when they start hearing about how they want to do all these mutilations. And they get up and excuse themselves, and they allow them that moment to excuse themselves. They allow them the moment to leave, and they know these people are not really of us. That's how they know. And then um, this young man, he was a part of that, and he was angry with his parents. He had a lot of problems. He was in the, on the East Coast. And so he continued with this. They started talking about the, quote, unquote, Jews, the Ashkenazim, what they wanted to do to them. And then he did not really know that he was Jewish because it was hidden from him that he was Ashkenazi, not Hebrew, but he was Ashkenazi. And so they found out that he was Ashkenazi. And so they invited him to a beach party. Do you know they beat this guy and they tried to, they, 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 they severely beat him. They tried to drown him. They took him to the ocean. They put his body in the ocean. And somehow he survived. And he, they, they shipped him to Israel. And he's living in Israel now. But he came hmm. back to tell the congregation the plan that these uh, the skinheads and stuff, what they really want to do, this race war. And these people talk about a race war based on their who they are and who we are. And we are the number one target more than any other nation. We are the number one target of their hatred, of their anger, and of their fierce dislike. And so they are planning this, you know, this whole thing about uh, gun control, lay down your guns, is really to try to disarm the, 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 the citizens. These people are preparing for war, and they are not planned. They are stockpiling guns, ammunition, uh, grenades, every new weapon that they can get. You know, they have weapons that are so fierce that these things explode, you know, inside of you, just shatter your body against people against people and so this is real i mean you know this is really really real there's a lot going on and the thing that i disagree i just say is i disagree with the fact that these people are not a their own nationality or race and they're just you know uh melanated they, uh, 
gene or a, a, a defect, melanated defect? I don't believe so. I believe that they're, they are who they are. They have been created or designed to be who they are, and they are a distinct entity among themselves. And they have a tremendous hatred for us. And it could go back, like I had mentioned before on one of the other shows, which is a totally different topic. I believe they are the seed of the serpent, but they are being used at this time because the scripture tells us in Genesis, I mean in Revelation, uh, woe to the inhabitants of the earth, for Satan comes down having great wrath, for he knows yes. he has a short time. We're in a time crunch for the changing of the guard, and this is it's dealing with a lot of other issues, and Israel is at the center of this. Allah, I love it. So that's what I wanted to say, but, you know, these things are really real, and so for all those, you know, people that are Israelites that don't really know, don't care, don't understand it, well, this going to heat up against us and just like you know we were say- we've all been saying when this fire is turned up when this heat is turned up and it just becomes a matter of you know culture color race and they want to kill you this is going to either fight or flight really just like LSU said and a lot of our young men are going to fight they are they don't they are ready right now but well, look, hold on, because time is kind of t- ticking out. We kind of run out of time, so let me just, you don't mind, Cecilia? Let me just go to Tara, give him thirty seconds, literally thirty seconds, stars, and then uh, brother Elishua, uh, you give you about a minute to say goodbye to the people, and then Cecilia, you can pick back up where you are. Take it no more than about two minutes, and then we'll wrap the show up. So, Tara's going to, if you don't mind, really briefly, quickly, thank you for tuning in, but it's giving us a young person perspective. Hopefully, you'll listen next week. We're gonna have a brother talking about Ghana. It'll be kind of the same conversation, folks, next week. So it'll be kind of like a part two, but we'll focus more on Ghana. Somebody's actually in the land of Ghana, and he got something to tell y'all about Ghana, I guarantee you. Uh, so, Tars, 30 seconds, please, quickly. Trust me, trust me. They got something up their sleeve with that. I ain't going to no Ghana. But like I said, yeah, that propaganda stuff might be true. They just trying to gauge responses because when the who hit the fan, you know what I'm saying, it's better to catch people with their hands down than prepared and ready. Like she said, that's why they're trying to implement gun control because you can't arm yourself or protect yourself without no firearm. So it is what it is. Your best bet is just to go train and get ready. That's all I can tell you. And pray. Well, and that's right. And, and, and uh, I think you got it backwards to tell you the truth, but I do like your two options. Pray and be ready. I used to not need the guns, but I've come to realize it's just religious talk because the Bible says the Lord who trains my hand to war. He literally is the, the, the God that sometimes trains your hand to fire that AK. People don't know about that God, but he does train your hands to war. He like never said, said. That in the Bible. He never said don't go in there without no weapon. He said he'll be with you. So don't tell people yeah. if they have no guns. The God going to be right there. And the God say he probably gave you that weapon. So well, don't the tell people that. Prayer, the purpose of the prayer, Tars, I'm going to go, the purpose of the prayer, if you pray right and you, and you listen to the Spirit, oftentimes you don't even go, you engage in war in the first place. If you remember yeah. Israel... God you, you don't need a king. Hold on, hold on. God's God's order is no war at all. But man chose to have a king, and when he had a king, that instituted armies and all of that, and so God had to be with them in war when they're busting up each other's out the head. But he wanted to be their king. 
And when he's leading, he's the type of God, he can send you praises out in front of the army, and you never get a chance to lay hands on nobody. But because Israel was stiff-necked, they wanted a king, they had to have an army, and he had to go in with them busting heads. But it's great, us. Good talking to you, brother, cousin, uncle, right. nephew. <laughs> All right. Okay, uh, Brother Elishua, please, in less than a minute, man. we got time about the crunch here, and I want to be able to have a couple of minutes, and I'll have a couple of minutes we'll wrap this show up, please. Well, I, since at first, I think that you said something that was prophetic. I never actually looked at it from that angle. But it, it became very clear when you said it after the words left your lips, and that was that um, Donald Trump is in office and that he has appointed he has a short period of time. And he, what he has been doing is he has been giving every indicator to white supremacist militarized groups that, hey, I am with you. I am behind you. Now is the time to act. And that is really, and, and, and I never seen it that clear until you said it, but really that is what's been going on. Because before, prior to him even becoming elected until his election, he has been the most divisive president in the history of the United States. And so for that reason, that that's a very it's not a fearful thought because like you said he's with us God is for us and as long as we abide in His presence we don't have to worry about anything as long as we abide in His presence we hear what, the, what we hear what we need to hear so we can do what we need to do I love you all appreciate y'all I'm glad to hear everybody and um, glad to hear the, the word that was going forth uh, very very informative a lot of information things that I learned just listening tonight so again everybody yeah, have a blessed yeah, week. Yeah. And you have taken it to another level, brother. Appreciate hearing from you again, brother. Love you. All right. Well, that's Brother LSU, always in Fort Worth, Texas, the theologian, I call him. Brother, they, they saw him. Just think him, Brother Yahshua, Brother John, and I used to all have a Bible study. Can y'all believe that? Bows off the chain, for real. Sister Eliana, go ahead, a couple minutes, please. Okay, so I just um, wanted to just end off with uh, Revelation twelve seventeen. And the dragon was wroth with the woman, which is Israel, and went to make war with the remnant of her seed, which keep the commandments of the Most High Yah, and have the testimony of Messiah Yahushua. So we, this is what is, you know, it's spiritual, it's natural, it's operating in the natural, and we have to be ready. And we're in that time, and we just have to know and be prepared for the days to come, which are upon us. And the Father is definitely with Israel, and we will see the victory. So thank you so much. It's been very um, good to have this conversation, to be here tonight, and a pleasure to be in the presence again in company of Yahshua and Yeshua and also yourself, Seth, and your nephew. That was very good for me. So shalom, everybody. Make it a great evening. Talk to you soon. Well, shalom, sister, and thank you for your contribution as well. Appreciate it. Appreciate it very much. Know that. Okay, and that was Sister Eliana Badia all the way in Merced, California. Again, uh, they just, we just, they just, what I call five smooth stone. All of them, all of them is what I call five smooth stone. So listen, folks, I'm gonna go out with Byron Cage. Uh, Thou art a shield for me. And they might say Jesus, but we know he's talking about Yeshua or Yahawashah or the Messiah. Don't be rattled by that. We, our, our parents and foreparents weren't thinking about no Greco-Roman. They were thinking about the the man in that you know, scriptures. Y'all need to give these people a break. So when they say Jesus, they're talking about Yeshua, Yahawashah, okay? So we're going to one day all be speaking the same language. But as we transition, just be patient with everybody and just know that truly Jesus, Yeshua, Yahweh really 
is the Messiah that shed his blood and made it possible through his obedience. And, of course, the Father gets all the glory because he's the one sent Yeshua or Yahweh Shad. Always know that the Messiah is not the Father. My Father sent the Messiah made it possible. And he truly, the Father, is a shield. And Christ made it possible with his obedience to the Father. That's the way that works. I love every single one of y'all. And there ain't nothing you can do about it. Remember, next week is really a part two. We're going to have me talking about Ghana. Ghana, people that's actually living there, blessed there. They speak highly of it. I don't know how long it's going to be for if Africa trips with them. But right now, they talk very highly of it. And that president uh, have kept his word with this uh, year of return for 2019. Hopefully we did this justice, this H.R. 1242. We didn't talk much about it, but there's really not much to it. We already know it's 400 years. They just The government just declared what we already know. Good night. God bless you. And enjoy uh, this, this, this last song that really nails this show. Love every single one of y'all. Like I said before, ain't nothing you can do about it. Let's